the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right. Tuesday. Power panels here. Well, almost here. One. Two-thirds of it. Is is still on their motorcycle and making their way from Hot Springs. But Jan Morgan will be here. R.D. Hopper is here from over at Sunny's. You know, Auto Salvage, who do great work. Fix my car again. Great job, guys. Thank you very much. And then, of course, Paul Calvert is here. And, uh, Paul, we let him in here because he looks like if we could dye his hair a little bit grayer, white, <laughs> we could make him Moses. Yeah. I'm, I'm working on it. You see, the, gotta, gray, gotta, you see gotta, the gray in my beard coming out? No, a little I bit. don't want to get that close. <laughs> uh, you got to grow your beard longer, brother. Yeah. You get that. You gotta get that beard longer to be a Moses type person. I think I hear Jan Morgan. Here she is. Hey, we told you you were coming. We told him you were coming. Yes. Now, did you did, did you write the motorcycle? No, I did not write oh, the motorcycle. Okay. But I did do a Facebook live while I was walking into the building, telling oh, people you? I was headed upstairs. Okay. Yes. So yeah, we're we're not on Facebook live on the Dave Ellswick show today. That's coming. Let me just make the big announcement. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, Joe's Garage and Duck's Garage each have uh, got behind the Dave Ellswick Show and getting together for our uh, ability to be on Facebook Live, to be on YouTube, and uh, we'll have a YouTube channel. But we've got uh, the Mimo ca- uh, Mevo camera, we've got the Mevo Boost that's going with it, and we've got the Vimo, which allows us to write on the screen uh, while we're broadcasting, and... Uh, we got the media card and all that. All that should be getting here next week, and then we will see where we end up at here in the very uh, near future. So we're uh, we're excited about all of this. So I just heard today, and Jan, I don't know if you've heard about this or not, Instagram TV. Have you, know, you heard about I, it? No, I have not, it's but I'm not surprised. It's called TV, and uh, I'm looking into it as it's, as we're speaking uh, Elizabeth is getting the all one, the information. And one more outlet. Huh? I'll put I'll put us on it. I mean, bottom line, great. everywhere I can reach people, we're gonna we're gonna get on the on the online about it. So, do you have an Instagram? You personally? Yes. Have, okay. Yeah, I'm I on do Instagram. too, but I hardly ever do anything on it. Yeah, I post so. pictures, and then we've got the show, and we we kind of keep people up to date on what we're gonna do uh, or what we've done. You know, the classic movie and all of that. But with this, there might be a whole lot more things that we can do so mm-hmm. we'll see russ loves to hear all of this because he just can't wait for me to do one more, one more thing, thing. <laughs> <laughs> i'm looking at he's shaking his head at me <laughs> on that all right so i just wanted to start off with something local you guys ready to talk local sure, sure. okay oaklawn racing owners i talked a little bit about this yesterday i got information on it and so i started talking about it Oaklawn Racing Owners plan $100 million casino hotel. Uh, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing. This is a good thing for Hot Springs. There's probably, you know, there's going to draw traffic to their location and to the restaurants and all the rest of it. Here, Here's the bottom line on it. It's going to be $100 million over the next two years 
They're building a 200-room hotel and expanding the casino by 28,000 square feet. The $100 million project will be one of the state's largest ever private investments in the hospitality and tourism industry. Louis uh, Sella, president of the Oaklawn Jockey Club, owner of the track, said during a news conference near the track's paddock area. About 200 people were there. Oaklawn officials had previously announced a change to the Thoroughbred Track's 2019 racing season. Its 60-day meet for live racing opens January 25th, a couple of weeks later than usual, and closes May 4th, the day of the Kentucky Derby at Churchill Downs in Louisville, Kentucky. Bell has called the project a new chapter in Oaklawn's 114-year history, its third expansion since 08, and a boost to Oaklawn's place in thoroughbred racing nationwide into Hot Springs as a premier tourism destination. He also went on to say that this has been planned for four years and would have happened without voters' passage earlier this month of a constitutional amendment allowing casino gambling. Now, if that's the case, why are we only hearing about it now after the amendment passed? That that was all my... Now, I have no problem because I – look, we all knew that Oakland was all in about the casino uh, amendment. So, uh, I mean, you can say it wasn't – it was planned far before, but there, you know, I go along with what you said as right. we were talking before the show, R.D., when you said that you think that there were a lot of people that were in on this a long time ago. Yeah. You know, as a business – owner and a standpoint if i'm going to make a major investment in an area i want some kind of uh, guarantee that there's nothing that's going to come along and jerk the rug out from under me you think, like, you uh, think 100 million dollars is a pretty big investment yeah that would be a big investment <laughs> yeah, that'd be a, that would be a big investment for me so uh, but uh, so if you're going to make investment you need some kind of guarantee for security and sustainability you can have a fire marshal or you can have the quorum court to decide that you're too close to a church building <laughs> or something Come along or, or and make something it illegal. like that. So mm-hmm. they needed this assurance, and I guess in the Arkansas State Constitution, to uh, that gives them some assurity that if they go and spend the money, that there's nobody going to come along and take their license away from them. So was there some True. was there some question about that? About them losing their license? Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. No, but there was some there was some question about. Could they build the casino that they've wanted to build for yeah. how many years? I mean, they couldn't build a, a bigger casino unless and, and they had that amendment passed. They, have, they really? needed that assurance to be able to put in that kind of money. And you ask if there was some kind of question. As far as I'm concerned, there's always a risk that the government's going to put you out of yeah. business no, no, any time no they're kidding. in session and you're at home not paying attention. No kidding. Exactly. I mean, for, for <laughs> Regulatory out, burdens. For crying out loud, it, you can't even cut hair without a license. I mean, of all the things that are innocuous, the government comes along and tells people that you, you know you can't give um, yeah, it guys even buzz, have to be you, you can't charge four dollars right. a piece okay, so, to give guys buzz. So cuts let's bring there. Jan into this because there's <laughs> I, I I just want to hear I want to hear if she has heard anything because it was asked of me before we started the show today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Russellville is one of the places that are supposed to take mm-hmm. one of these, and I guess the other ones up. Where is I uh, don't know where Pine Pope, Bluff wasn't it? Is it Pine Bluff? I thought it was Pine Bluff. Pope and Jefferson counties. 
I don't know. Now, Jefferson so. County is, a, is a, I Bluff. believe, Pine Bluff, because okay. I buy police cars down there with a wreck. Okay, them. so They're real Pope, good about so that. So, Pope is <laughs> over in the Russellville area. Now, I hear that the people in Russellville don't want a casino, but I'm wondering, does this uh, amendment that's been added to the Constitution say these two counties get a casino whether they like it or not, kind of? You know, the people of Arkansas said, mm-hmm. yes, we're going to put casinos there. Maybe, maybe we just need to look up the amendment. You know, oh, as let me far see if as I can that, find it here. take a look and, and see if there's anything in it. I do know I will not be surprised if both of those casinos have heavy bought buy-ins by uh, Indian tribes. Possibly. With as much money as they put up for that amendment. You just want to put me on the spot. No, no, I'm not looking <laughs> you know, I, and I don't mind that. I didn't know if I, you heard anything. I know, hadn't heard anything. I, I've, I've heard a lot of things. I just try not to share too much about hearsay, you know, so that when I open my mouth, I can have facts to su- substantiate what I'm saying. I, I have mixed reactions about this whole thing. On, on one side, I know I have a lot of friends who work for Oaklawn, mm-hmm. who, whose livelihoods depend on uh, the success Them of that business. Well. Yeah, doing well. Uh, you know, I, I'm all about free market enterprise mm-hmm. and business expansion. And yes, I, I know there will be a number of small business owners in Hot Springs area who will benefit dramatically yes. from that happening. Uh, I'm also a person who believes in individual liberty. Okay, I don't believe in the government determining for you what you should and shouldn't have in your state. Okay, uh, and, and and the government shouldn't be there to protect people from their own bad choices. That's right? the only reason I did not vote for the amendment. Yeah, is because right. they took it down to four locations. Right, they were playing favorites. Exactly, and so I, which is the same as the whole medical marijuana thing. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's it's the way it is set up. It is set up for corruption and for people being bought off with commissions and that sort of thing, which I don't like. But the bottom line is is this. Uh, okay, so so we're going to have gambling in this state. It, mm-hmm. Why do we have to get it to the point where it has to be uh, set up in this way? But the people voted for it, just like they voted for medical marijuana. The social repercussions, however, as an individual citizen, I'm not a gambler. I think I've been to the racetrack two times in my entire life. Didn't spend a dime there both times. I went to visit with some people about some other things. But um, on the flip side of that... I don't feel that the taxpayers, like me, should be faced with paying for the social repercussions that will result from casinos, more casinos in this state, and from more people uh, showing up and, and participating. In sort of thing. Because, because what happens, casinos, I, it's a fact. It's not a Jan Morgan opinion. It's a fact that gambling casinos result in social repercussions, which we all have to pay for. That's a statistical mm-hmm. fact based on years of research in various states who have done this. But so is alcohol and everything exactly. else. Exactly. So, so my gotta, deal is, why, why does the government has, why do, why does, why does the government have to pay move, for coming see? to the rescue of now, these? Yeah, that's why right. don't we're we moving this, into some, a different topic Exactly. Now. But, right. that, but that's, that's the bottom that's line of what I believe in. It, because actually, churches are supposed to be there to rescue people on social mistakes, not the government. I don't want my tax dollars being paid for recovery programs for people who get addicted to gambling. I don't I'm want to pay you. for the welfare programs that have to have to support families because the, the household leaders spent everything they made at the casino because of their gambling addiction. I, I just, you know, that's the issue that I have. Yeah, well, it's like any addiction. All right. I, mm-hmm. I have to say that. And as far as the government taking care of people, 
I think everybody in this room knows how I feel about yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot of cronyism in the rehabilitation business. <laughs> and the exactly. rehabilitation business is a big business. They yes, get money. They get money from the the counties. They get money from the parolees. They come out to take the money they have in their accounts. Get bribes. Yes. Yeah. Then that yeah they get that too. <laughs> That's Shh, exactly. Don't tell anybody. Yeah. So and then you have the judges that send people to these rehabilitation systems, and whenever they fail, they take her out circle them again. So the judges have incentives, and uh, I've heard in in a lot of areas that is close to where Jan's at mm-hmm. that some of the judges' relatives are in the rehabilitation system. Yes, imagine that. So they're, that. they're sending them to people that they have connections to. So the bottom just, line to to everything. <laughs> It always seems to go back to money. You, you know, follow right. the money, and then you understand why uh, but, things but happen the way you, they do. But aren't you glad the judges are, are keeping an eye, an eye on these on themselves? Oh, 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 yeah, the judges. And another thing that me and Jan's hit on that we agree on is a lot of these rehabilitation systems are are put under a, a church umbrella to where they're nonprofit. Mm-hmm. So you've got something that's supposed to be a church and supposed to be nonprofit. This getting money from the state, state. government, mm-hmm. getting money from the federal government, getting money from the local government, and taking money from the people coming to their system. So if you get taxpayers' money, you should not be a nonprofit organization. Exactly. You shouldn't be tax-exempt. That's exactly yep. right. You should not be tax-exempt. So does that does that explain it, Dave, where we stand? <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I mean, no, I'm, I'm happy to hear that Oakland's going to invest in the Hot Springs area. Mm-hmm. It's going to help them. I agree that there are some people can't control their gambling, and it will not help them. Mm-hmm. I know that most of the people, though, they go to the track, know how to control those sure. impulses, and uh, they, the people that I went to visit to and hang out with that day, that, you know. Yeah, I mean, don't I go have over. I show up there, get a uh, center roast beef, was a corned beef sandwich, and uh, the food is very a, good. A, you know, it's in a cheap, <laughs> a cheap uh, soda or whatever, and I'll spend a little money. And why? Mm-hmm. Because. My mother was born, my brothers were born in Louisville, Kentucky. Mm -hmm. My mother lived on Whitney Avenue, two blocks from Churchill Downs. Yes. All right, so I went to the Downs when I was a kid, you know. Now, I didn't go watch sulky racing. I like flat racing. Mm -hmm. I like the big horses running down, and there's something special Mm -hmm. about them. See them come down the stretch. Sure. And there are you know some very what? good people I, involved in the racehorse industry. My pastor is a chaplain at the at Oakland. I mean, I mean I, what how much <laughs> I I I've set myself a hundred bucks yes. for ten races. All right. That's what I set. And I go have fun. I spend a hundred dollars going to the movies every month easy. Yes. Well, you know, I, did, I, I didn't spend anything at the track as far as gambling, but I did recommend a horse when I saw him coming out and getting in line to the people I was with, and the horse won. Good. Based on my background with horses and I'm looking at that horse's confirmation, that's, well, that's what yeah. <laughs> But yes. I, I think, you know, this is exciting what they're going to do. They're going to break ground on May 4th of next mm-hmm. year, and it's a super thing for this area. My question, have you pulled up the amendment? There? I'm still looking at it. It's... Um for Jefferson and for Pope Counties, because I keep hearing, you know, words from people that I know that the people in Russellville don't want a casino. Mm-hmm. I don't think they have much of a say. Maybe not Maybe not within the boundaries of Russellville. Maybe they can stop it because they won't, you know, give them 
let them buy the land or whatever, but right hey, outside, the they fire can't keep it from happening. Hey, I tell you what, you want to play politics, you just get in local government, and let's let's get the fire marshal not to sign okay, off so here, on the I, uh, the civil engineering plan. I know all about the local government. So yeah, I, okay, I, just, I just found it. So if the proposed casino is to be located within a city or town, shall also require all casino applicants to include a letter of support from the mayor in the city or town where the applicant is proposing the casino to be located so it sounds like if they get outside of the incorporated it'll be fine they should they they can they okay, can do it so regardless of what they it's it's coming to your county that's what it sounds like it may not be in russellville but it sure might have the front door right up to the, <laughs> the well boundaries. i mean yeah, it, it, it'll it, be in Hagerville, which is a little town out there where there's a y on the road but you know, I, I, I think if, if it was me building a casino, I think I would rather it be outside the city limits anyway. Because, come on, these city these city governments are a bunch of terrorists. Yeah, we have to see. All right, we got to take a break. Let me get a break, and then RD, you're up when we come back. It's Dave Ellswick show, and I'm looking here. RD is here. Jan's here. Paul's here. Hey, by the way, we're going to get a picture all together, and we'll send you a happy Thanksgiving message somewhere on Facebook in the next couple of days right now let's break for this back with you on the dave ellswick show don't forget about pi roofing they're looking for people they are asking for people to come work for them they want to pay you up to twenty dollars an hour to help them uh, build their business so they can help more people keep their homes in great shape uh, here in the central arkansas area you've seen billboards and all kinds of stuff for all of this work uh, that they have available and all the people that they're looking for and they're doing that as well here on my show they got the commercial roofing the residential roofing the home solutions division all hiring people they want you to send them a resume apply at piroofing.com piroofing.com or call them 707-3551 go to work for one of the great companies here in central arkansas and uh Climb your ladder to success. RD's here. Jan Morgan's here. And, of course, Paul is here. And, RD, you had something you wanted to bring up before well, we went to the break. Yeah, Jan and I were talking about how the government and and uh, a, a lot of people make money off of uh, uh, society when, of society problems. Whenever you start making it the government's job to fix, to, to fix everything, the, the all of a sudden it becomes profitable to incentivize bad behavior mm-hmm. because they make money off of bad behavior but they get to so lottery uh, right so lottery and different <laughs> things so it's in, it seems like the government's involved in so many things that incentivize bad behavior whether it's have a bunch of children have a wedlock or, right. or, or get a divorce well, or whatever but there was a movie where i was going to say if maybe if some of our listeners know but i remember when i was about 10 years old i saw a movie about a toucan that had a disease <laughs> and this toucan had this disease and it made people want to quit smoking and quit drinking <laughs> and quit fighting and causing trouble well it was bankrupt in the country because uh, the alcohol taxes were going away and the tobacco taxes was going away and they were about to have to lay off all the jailers because they didn't uh, have anything to do and the government so they, was so going to have to shrink so they had they had they had to try to figure out a way to kill this kill bird. that bird quick. <laughs> but you know what most people out there never connect uh, the dots and say oh wait funny. if the government's having to pay for it in essence that means i'm paying for it exactly. it's economic it, stimulus right can we call it that yeah. so i actually asked a, a i think it was a sitting state senator a while back about whether or not 
it would be an awesome thing if we could get all parents so involved in their children's lives that they never needed public school again. And the senator was like, no, we don't. I don't want that. I would not want she, – she would not want this to, to happen. I mean, what, is it, what, what greater thing could happen than if people became so responsible that they didn't need government at all? Wouldn't that be awesome? Look at all the people that would be out of job. You know, yeah. hey, our yeah, government's yeah, the biggest employer. Is yeah, it biggest not? employer in, in, in the state. state yeah. I think so. So it's a large part. So if you look at it, it would it would make our job participation rate even worse. I think right now I'd have to be corrected. I think our job participation rate's like fifty three to forty seven. Is that right. what the Go ahead. Is that what the um, the, the state budget is? State? Well, 50, I think we have 53% people working and about 47% oh, okay. of people not working. Not working. So if you laid all these government officials off, then, man, we'd be in trouble. Oh, actually, you no. Know, our taxes would be lower because then we wouldn't have to. Then we could afford to hire people. people. Exactly right. Then the businesses could hire more people, and they would have private jobs instead of government jobs. So I'm being facetious. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hold on. we got to get to the news. Let's find out what's happening in the news. Give you 60 seconds of that. A little bit of uh, commercials to help pay the bills, and then we'll be back with more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. R.D., Jan Morgan, Paul Calvert, myself, coming up again in a moment. All right, back. Dave Ellswick Show, good to have you with us. R.D. Hopper is here. Jan Morgan is here. And, of course, uh, Paul Calvert is here. I'm here as well, but you don't tune in just to hear me. You like <laughs> to hear these other folks as well. Good to have them along with us for the ride today. So uh, stick around. They'll be here until 4, 4 o'clock. Kyle Reeves is coming in. He's in the runoff for the Searcy mayoral ship. So he's going to come on and talk a little bit about that. And in our final hour today, we will have on uh, the Bible guys, and they're going to talk about Hanukkah, because hmm. Hanukkah is just around the corner. Get started early this year, from what I understand, so we'll talk about that for all of our Jewish folks out there here on the uh, uh, Dave Ellswick Show. We'll be back, if you've been wondering. I know some people have sent me uh, emails and texts. We'll be back on Facebook Live in the near future. Uh, hopefully in a couple, no later than a couple of weeks, and uh, better, bigger and better than ever, and we'll have a YouTube channel at that time, and we're looking into it, Instagram channel. Hmm. That's going to be kind of cool. cool. <clears throat> okay, now, Jan, are you all up? You're, you're, you're working good now? Yes, I am on Facebook okay, Live, good. and we're being joined by folks from all over America. Hello, all, all kinds over of America fun. and yes. ships at sea. Yes. Boy, if unless you're old like me, you don't even know who used to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know who you yeah, say Yeah, you don't that. have any clue. I, I, they don't I, have any clue. See, Ross, I was born in 1963, like so yeah. who said that? So Go ahead and tell us. That, that was, uh, was it Paul Winchell? Was it Walter Winchell? Pardon me. Walter Winchell. Walter who, Winchell. Who used to do, uh, you know, a, a daily news program, and part of it was the, the sound of a telegraph. And he'd say, you know, ladies and gentlemen, you know, blah, 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 and all the ships at sea. This is Walter Winchell. So did, <laughs> did, the did they actually? That was his signature did, thing. Huh? Did yeah, they, it was. Did they actually pipe in the um, radio station to the to the ships? Oh, you have to. So they pick up short wave. Short wave. Okay. Put on short wave form. That's right. That actually goes around the world. Back in the day, <laughs> back in the day, now you pick up a phone <laughs> and it's got all that in it. That's why Jan Morgan right now mm-hmm. is talking to. Tens of thousands, if not millions of people all over the world. Yes, cool and stuff. so tell those people the phone number to call in if they want to call in and all ask right, a question. You, or call talk in. With us. you can call in at 501-823-8255. Mm-hmm. 
800-529-0965. Yeah, one of you guys need to type that up and put it in the thread on my page oh, so really? people can yeah. get it because I'm having to hold this phone. <laughs> okay. So, I'll, 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 yeah. I'll hunt Paul, it down. you've got the other uh, computer I'll, here, so I'll you do that. Here. You take care of, of doing that. So are we all in agreement that it's a good thing that Oakland is spending $100 million on all of this stuff? Can I can I give you a lay down real quick on this? Sure. This is pretty cool. Seven story, two hundred room hotel, outdoor pool, luxury spa, a restaurant, two presidential suites. Now I don't know if they'll be for, on for, opposite ends of the building in case Obama. So are they giving a time frame on when this is going to be built and actually open breaking, for people? They're breaking ground. May fourth is supposed to be two years later. It's supposed to be all open. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, two so, years. Yeah, two all years. that in two years. Yeah. So wow. Bottom line, it's saying here that uh, again, wow. two presidential suites. Evidently, that's so. If uh, President Trump shows up and President Obama shows up, they can put them at opposite ends of the hotel. Uh, you've got uh, rooms on one side of the hotel will have a view of the track's finish line. Those on the other side will have a view of the Washington Mountains to the south. 14,000-square-foot event center, capacity of about 1,500 people for concerts, meetings, banquets, and weddings. Another 28,000 square feet will be added to the casino that uh, will be right up against Oakland South End with a new restaurant and food court. Again, construction will start right after the track's live racing season, which concludes May 4th. That is Derby Day. Which I kind of find interesting. They're going to do it on Derby Day. I just I, I liked it the way it was, where you had the stakes, and then our horse that won big at uh, at Oakland is in the Der- Kentucky Derby, and you can sit and watch the Kentucky Derby, and you know there's no other racing going on. Mm. You're just zeroed in on that, right? But they're going to make money off of it. Just know that. <laughs> well, of course. So, oh, that's, so that's the idea, I, I guess. Yeah. What I'm going to have to do, Dave, here is go come off the Facebook Live because my battery's getting low. But I okay. just wanted to tell people we did put in this thread a number for people to call in to ask questions and to weigh in on this because that's a bear, it's a big deal. You, you said know, an iPhone or what? It's an iPhone. Oh. Battery doesn't last. Just yeah. doesn't do it. I yeah. had. I got a, a plug, but I don't have iPhone. Yeah. Okay. So I'm about to switch. But, yeah, you know, I, I, bottom line is uh, it, it, there are good and bad repercussions from all that. I'm wondering yeah. how the hotel uh, owners in Hot Springs feel about this because that's going to bring some serious competition. Well, well yeah, it also may bring in more business. Well, can. I hope it does. I mean, 200 more rooms. Mm-hmm. There's some uh, – it may mean that some of the hotels, motels there are going to have to – Lower their prices to and compete. Up, and up their game. Yes. You know? Yeah. As far well, competition is uh, good for business. Any. Yeah, you know always that. is. Yeah, I mean, it's good for the consumer. Whenever they build a McDonald's, there's always going to be you know the king across the street, right? And that's and, and that's and that's okay. And and one of the issues though is that we don't have free market competition. There is some competition, especially but, in healthcare. But 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 in, but but even in this in this case here with the with the casino and their subsidized hotel rooms, the the local hotels won't be able to compete on the same level because they don't get to use gambling to subsidize their cheap hotel rooms. Um, but it, it will add competition and perhaps improve um, 
the, the, the services and, and, and such for yeah, the but, but you know what? I think a lot of people in this state, when they voted well, right, for I, I, casino I, gambling in this state in this in this last election, I think a lot of people did not realize and really read the bottom line, no, which means that not. it's Very not going to be free market enterprise. It's not going to be open, uh, you know, to to business owners who want to start casinos. Right. It's going to be regulated, and that commissions are going to decide who gets to do this. So it's really just opens the door for more corruption uh, in government. It's, it's 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 as if we need any more right now. And part, part of the problem is, I think I think a lot of Arkansans and Americans in general, they don't care much about that. They've they've been brainwashed in public schools and watching the news, and 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 they don't really care about free markets. They just care. well, you know what? There's gonna be a neat casino here. I can go. Well, the I heading can, okay. the heading was written by the Amendment Three guy. <laughs> I mean, it was very fictitious. The way the state put this on the ballot, and it a is lot of wrong. people just read the, read the way the it, title it and said, then vote. Requ- something like requiring gambling casinos to get a license. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like it was a restrictive thing that they were going to require gambling casinos to do. So if you yes, read it the way it was on there, you thought that hey, they're going to limit it. So this is more restriction. So if you were against gambling, you would have very closely, if you didn't know anything about it, voted for it because you thought they were going to place more restrictions. But on our it. Attorney General, how many times did she turn down their title that they kept submitting for that? Because they kept having to change it so well it still wasn't very good I no tell you it what. was horrible yeah to, yeah, to, to your horrible, to your so. point here here's the, the here, yeah what is it it's an amendment to the arkansas constitution to require that the arkansas racing commission issue licenses for casino casino gaming to be conducted at four casinos in arkansas and so, it it, like if you read nothing more than the title, it might it might kind of look like, and you were against, yeah, it it might kind of look that way. Well, but it doesn't say, and two of them already exist, and they're <laughs> mm-hmm. going to get sweetheart deals, <laughs> right? Well, yeah, and it does. It, I think you're right that it doesn't actually. They did do get a sweetheart lot of, deals. Oh, oh no, yeah, they get to decide. It is a lot of money they're going to get too. It actually a lot does of money men, mention Southland specifically. Yeah, it um, should say something about Oakland somewhere there. With it power. does actually mention Oakland as yeah, well. Yeah, that's what I said. That's why I couldn't vote yeah. for this is because it <laughs> voted two businesses wrote, into the state constitution, for goodness businesses. sakes. That is pretty nuts. It well, would have been all, if they had said that first one right there, but instead of four casinos, said allow casinos. Oh, you, you know what? If I, had just, just, if I had $100 million, dollars, I bet I could get three other of my salvage yard buddies, and we had $100 million, and we're going to say, hey, I got $100 million, and I bet we can get it to where there's only four salvage yards in, all the, whole whole in the whole state. Yeah. There's only going to be four of us in the whole state. Guaranteed and success. guess what? That we get to decide. Yeah, we get to decide where they put them at and where they're going to be. So and, the, and, the, they can't build one close to us. So if there's only going to be four, we're going to make sure they're spread out, not next and, close and, to and me. if anybody tries to open up another one yeah. in the state of Arkansas, Squash. the government will come along and kill them. Right, Squash. exactly. And it only cost $100 million to get your name in the state constitution. That's, That's what it says. That's the price to of government. the people. To vote you in exactly the right. But hey, you know what? I, I was wrong about something all during my campaign. I kept saying, the people of Arkansas are smarter than this. On, on, on all the issues. The people of Arkansas, I believe they're smarter than this. So, I, you know, I was wrong. I was wrong. Here's how nervous I get about 2022. That's when we're going to have another gubernatorial race. Mm-hmm. Bobby Bones, the... Uh, Country and Western, DJ, 
said he's going to run for governor in the state of Arkansas. How many people do wow. you think would vote for Bobby <laughs> Bones as governor for the state of Arkansas just because he's Bobby Bones That's right. on the radio doing country and western music? How many people do you mm. think would do that? I might have voted for him in the last one. Yeah, I'm just, <laughs> no, I'm just saying. <laughs> the good news, Dave, is that this well, I is just a state of Arkansas. I voted for you. Just because I ride a Harley, right? <laughs> the good news is that this is just a state of Arkansas vote, not a national vote. Well, no, like don't Dancing with the year. Stars was last night, where Bobby Bones was named the champion and was clearly the second the worst, worst dancer, dancer in, in the, the entire competition. competition. That's correct. It's kind of like American Idol was, right? Well, He's from our town. We've got to support that person. And so Maybe it's because he's a votes. nice guy. What really gets me is, yeah, I'm going to vote for that guy because I've I've gone to church <laughs> with him, him before, and he's really a nice guy. Right. Do you know any of his platform? Do you know his policies? Do you know how he's voted in the past? <laughs> Do you know where he stands on anything? But you I know mean, what? a nice that's, guy it, gets but you. That's nothing. not you're just Arkansas. Being, that's just across difficult. America. <laughs> that's been throughout history. People vote on the personality rather than the platform. Platform. That's right. exactly what happened with Barack Obama. He's very charismatic. Y- yes. People's like, oh, I, I like that guy. Listen, to him. he's such a nice guy. And hey, look, and people got all on the bandwagon. The first African American president. Yeah. He's just, he's just, look at him. And, but, but no, people did not bother to look deeper past, past. What does he really mean when he says, I'm going to fundamentally transform America? What does he mean by that? What does his history show that he means by that? People just didn't. going to make America just like Chicago? where he came from. <laughs> and that's well, nothing the, against Chicago. That, that's actually they heading have that problems. Way. We're heading that, that way. I think there's plenty of reason to have stuff against Chicago. But the, 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 I think that's one of the problems with voting for representatives is that it becomes a pageant. But it's like a popularity contest. Whoever can wear the coolest bikini or whatever it is. Baby face. They haven't quite gotten that. Yes. I want to see you in a bikini and run for state <laughs> um, representative. Now Sorry. when you run for office, you have to be good on TV as well. I mean, whether it's well, statewide well, office or national 1960 office. with John F. Kennedy right. and Richard Nixon. Yeah, that's, that's right. way well, Kennedy it, got it, elected. It, it, is. it ends up being a pageant. It's a, it's a popularity contest. Who can have the prettiest hair and the deepest voice? And, the, and, and, and so – as opposed to what about I don't know principle? about you. I don't want my girlfriend to have a deep voice. <laughs> hey, now there's nothing wrong with a deep voice. No, that's it, it, I'm, you don't have a deep voice. I got for a woman. I'm hearing for a no, woman. Not really. You're you're an you alto. A deep Beats voice. a shrill voice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, hey we're by getting the personal way, here. We better last, move on. One last thing I want to say here: the gaming amendment approved by voters also allowed wagering on what? Not just horse racing. At football games, sports, sports. sports. Oh, yep, there you go. Somebody asked gonna... about that mm-hmm. yesterday. Oh, yeah, Here's a, what Oklahoma officials said: <laughs> they weren't ready to address that issue yet. Mm. They, oh, but they have a plan. They they had they They've all got, got a plan. They got to get out that. their abacus and start moving those little beads around. <laughs> no, let me tell you what's bigger than Bobby Bones make. running. Let me tell you what's a bigger bigger okay. scare than Bobby Bones running. All these immigrants 
that are coming into America. And we the will caravan, talk about that. The caravan. When we they're come coming back. in. They're going to no. be. They're going to play a big the role. Invasion. They're already the invasion. Even the people in Tijuana they're, call they're it. There are already invasion. states looking at ways to get them driver's licenses the so they can vote. All in right. Yeah, they're protesting in Mexico. Yes, mm-hmm. they are. Let's get back to it after we take a break. We got to do that here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Well, it only happens one time, and only ninety people are going to be able to see it. You're invited to a special one-time screening of the documentary film "The Tax Train Is Coming." Government officials, economists, and financial experts spill the beans on on, uh, the reason why you're going to pay much higher taxes in retirement with your IRA, your 401k, and your Social Security benefits. Plus, why it's critical for you to take action now or be left with a fraction of your retirement savings. A one-time event happens Thursday, November 29th at 6.30 at the UA Breckenridge right here in Little Rock. David Lucas is the host. Uh, David's going to be on the show tomorrow to talk a little bit about this movie. So uh, you need to call to reserve your free ticket right now at 501-653-6690. That's 501-653-6690. And I can go into why this is going to happen, but I'm not I'm not going to spoil the uh, unhappy ending of that movie for you. No spoilers from me, except that the Titanic sinks. Just letting you know, (laughs) the ship sinks at the end. All right, let's talk immigration. It's getting interesting on the border, Jan. It's getting frustrating on the border. It's very upsetting to me. Of course it is. I I view it, it now is, without a doubt, a national security crisis. Yeah? Because they're already crossing over. And it it, it set a precedent that when America says, we're going to have the military on the border, you're not going to invade our country. It it says, it's like a parent who says, if you do this, I'm going to spank, you. spank you, and then the kid does that, and then the parent if goes, you do if it you again. do it again, I'm going to spank you. Exactly. <laughs> it, 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 we have no substance, no nothing behind our words, and that is a very dangerous precedent. That caravan is nothing compared to what we're about to experience because they got by with it, and they're coming in. They're, they're already coming in. I'm seeing it. Well, so, they, they've been coming in for a long time. That's the key, but not bull rushing and coming in. Yeah, and you, you know saw that you saw the shooting. You saw the shooting uh, wow. last week. Was that between the that between the illegal alien, amazing? the illegal alien, opened fire on a a Washington County, Arkansas police officer who simply stopped him because of a traffic violation, and he tur- jumped out of his gun, shooting at the officer. It turned into a Wild West gunfight, and of course, he was an illegal. Mm-hmm. I knew that before they even announced it. Why? Because who who starts shooting at police over simply being stopped on a traffic violation? So the point is, uh, and just so you guys know, and for people out there listening, Arkansas ranks number one in the nation for the percentage of the immigrant population being in the state illegally. That doesn't mean that we have the most illegal immigrants in our state it means that of the percentage of the immigrants we have in our state we rank number one in america for the highest percentage of our immigrants here being here illegally just wanted to and for everybody who says well it's just a bunch of people who want you know to get to america because it's the land of opportunity they broke the law to get here no i agree laredo sector border patrol agents Mm-hmm. And statistics now, have proven statistics have proven that people who break the law to come here are more inclined and likely to become criminals once they get here. 
hey, if somebody will cheat, they'll cheat. I had a guy tell me one time I priced him apart. He said, well, the guy – I talked to another guy that said he wouldn't charge me taxes if I paid cash. And I said, is that the same person that's going to give you a warranty and not upstand his warranty? Anybody that will cheat the government will cheat you, too. It makes a mockery of our immigration system, of our program we already have in place. It makes of the whole government. That's exactly right. We don't have any laws. Check this out. Again, everybody thinks this is just people from Mexico that are coming across the southern border. How about in Laredo, where this year – Nearly 700 Bangladeshis mm-hmm. have been arrested. As I said, this is a national across. security yeah, crisis. It is. It in Mexico, is. everywhere that these people have come through on the caravan, they've talked about, and even the people in the caravan are talking about the number of terrorists. Uh, ISIS is claiming that they have people seated in the caravan, and, and you know, nobody's disputing that. Well, I still like my idea that I said last time. I think all these Democrats and everybody, we ought to just start a sponsorship program. I'm starting a sponsorship program for the Auto Recyclers Association. So if you would like to sponsor an immigrant coming into the United States, you just sign a form that says you will be personally liable for their illegal activity and for their uh, financial support for five years. And we'll make a list of all the, the people that want to sponsor somebody, and when they come up, we'll say, hey, we're running a little show on sponsorship, low on sponsorships this week. Come back next week. We're going to run a campaign on TV, and the sponsorships can run along with it so the people can take care of their education. They can mm-hmm. take care of their health. They can take care uh, of uh, – of uh, supporting them for five years. But they're not going to do that because the Democrats' interest in immigrants has nothing to do with compassion for people trying to seek asylum. The Democrats' interest in the immigrants has to do with a voting block. That's all they care about is control of our government, and that's the bottom line with them on, on this issue, with the exception of a few people who are just so, you know, like the lady that called in the last time I was on. She just really felt sad for these people because she's seeing the media pictures of the people, which the media, have you noticed, they always show the few the women and children in the group, but if you look at the mass majority of the people coming in they are strong white young males mm-hmm. well just ask her if she has an extra bedroom when she mm-hmm. calls in next we did time. remember and she said she would actually she would help them she well would. hey that's yeah. good hey that's good it it, it is an individual but you know what the solution at this point is because our federal government has shown that they are totally inept at dealing with this this is when it comes down to our state government leadership in our in our respective states stepping up and making our states the kind of place that illegals don't want to come to Good luck. All right. But yeah, we've we got to get to work. It's up to us. What did DHS have to say about the people there? How about <laughs> the, that 3,000 that they had on the border yesterday at the wall? About 500 of them are people that we absolutely do not want in the country. We'll talk about that as well when we get back on the Dave Ellswick Show. Legally we're, we're sitting here, uh, myself and RD, and we're comparing our knives. You think that <laughs> – can I walk through London with that? You might, you might, but I that's wouldn't a make three it with inch blade there, yeah, I, I would compare because I have a K bar in my briefcase, but if I bring it out, is that illegal in here? <laughs> you got that's a not a knife. This is a knife. There you go. It's a K bar. Cro- I mean, crocodile Dundee. <laughs> well, you that's have to be prepared. This is a knife. You have to. <laughs> okay, that's right. You know, in, you know, in Arkansas, not too many knife, years ago, it was actually illegal to carry a knife with a blade more than three inches long, if I understand it correctly. Yeah, well. I think it was 573-119. Oh. No, it's, you can, no, it's 121. You can carry a club now, too. Oh, you can, you can now. But the, there was a law on the book. I think it was one, um, 
I remember Jonathan Barnett was going to try to solve that a long time ago. I think it was 121 is what the, what the code number was. And it was, it was deleted. Stuff. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I think he just makes up these numbers and he knows we're not going to go check on it just uh, make it sound smart. That is insane. No, but the thing is, it, it was illegal and it was – and it was. Um, it, it, actually, let me correct that. It Mr. Was, it A.G. Was, Russell up was, in North Arkansas was one of them that helped, that helped fight that bill and wanted the, to get rid of it, I believe. Delete it. Yeah, right. it's, yeah. it's been probably – You mean you all don't have K-Bar knives either on you or within arm's reach, like in your vehicle, in case, you know, between the t- now and the time you get home, if all chaos breaks loose and you've got a – you don't have a survival <laughs> bag in your car? Yeah. A bug out I can, bag. I have a bug out bag that I could live <laughs> out of for probably three months. Mine's at home. Could I do you? not have it in the I car. Do. It is home in the car. I absolutely do. I've got, I've got a what special kind of straw that I could stick in a mud hole and and drink it's water, water out of. Yeah, Kills it, all the bacteria. It, yes, I have, I have food. I have things that could help me survive. Absolutely. My, I can't believe my, you don't. My oldest son <laughs> has one for myself and my wife and all the kids, but I don't carry it in my car. Mm-hmm. They're all at home in the closet, but my oldest son... <laughs> Made ev- made everybody one. It's got the hatchet and the fire starter yeah. and and the, the tablets, to, to the fish, tablets, to catch yeah, the fish tablets, the tablets, the tablets, put in the, 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 compass, the water, the compass. Yeah, I've got, we've got all that, but the I don't care about a warming blanket. Me. One of those solar warming yeah. blankets. You got oh yeah, you got and iodine solar to kill the uh, solar, solar the uh, the uh, in, you know the radioactivity. Yeah. I'm not kidding you. I could live <laughs> for at least three months out of what's in my bug out bag, and it's Is not very large. No, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, we've got enough. Well, you know, we have enough food to last a while. Well, I've, you can't carry all that kind of food in the bug out bag, but yeah, you yeah, have. Yeah. Tell but them you what have, you got. Yeah. <laughs> but you have on you what you need to capture exactly. food to survive. Right, exactly. And I'll tell you something else. I need a fourteen. I don't have all my ammo at home. Is that I right? have it sequestered somewhere. So stashed. if they do come, you have stashes to get mm-hmm. ammo. I will still have ammo after they get my hey, ammo. Hey, because and because you're not the only person in Arkansas. There are people. This is Arkansas is one of the most heavily armed states in America, and I'm proud of that. We're we're good folks here. People here understand their rights and they believe in in uh, protecting their their property and their families. And so, yeah, I'm sure there are a lot of people. A lot of people I know have firearms and ammunition stashed away just in case what happens in Maryland happens in Arkansas. We get a red flag law here. They've already arrested and confiscated, not arrested, but confiscated guns from 114 people in Maryland within one month of red flag law passing. And then one person has been murdered also by or shot and killed by police. Okay, I want to move back to immigration. All right, because I told everybody I would mention this. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are more than 500 criminals among the the migrants Trying to get into the U.S. This is the three thousand. That's Tijuana these are just the right ones now. we know for sure. That's about. correct. Yes. DHS officials uh, said this Monday that criminals are part of the uh, invasion that is currently sitting in Tijuana, expected to try to enter the U.S. at San Diego. Fox News reporting the comments um, were made during Monday's uh, conference call. The reporters from DHS. Their officials maintaining that, quote, most of the caravan members, and I hate saying a caravan, the invasion members are not women and children, but those are the folks that have been put up front. But uh, people are leading the migrant caravan in an effort to depict the members as vulnerable refugees. All legal options are on the table. We have been negotiating with all our partners in Central America with ways to deal with the invasion, one official reportedly said. In response to questions about whether the illegal immigrants can be forced to stay on the Mexican side of the border. That situation now has been further complicated by a federal judge who ruled yesterday, late, 
that President Donald Trump cannot temporarily ban illegal border crossers from seeking asylum in the U.S. At least 6,000 migrants have arrived in Tijuana. They don't want them there. They've been telling them to go home uh, for crossings into the San Diego area. That's a number that's going to escalate. Many Tijuana residents have reacted with anger and hostility towards this wave, calling it an invasion and telling them to go back. A mob of locals reportedly approached the detention center where the illegals are being housed and shouted criminals and freeloaders at them. Uh, The mayor of Tijuana was quick to denounce the migrants' arrival. The U.S. Border Patrol has reacted to the caravan's arrival by shutting down the highway leading into the U.S., Unfortunately, some members of the caravan are purposely causing disruptions at our border ports of entry. Uh, according to Nielsen, the Homeland Secretary, uh, there's a legal and illegal way to enter the U.S. We have deployed additional forces to protect our uh, border. Reports of criminality have followed the migrant caravan throughout its journey from Honduras to Mexico. Reuters detailed how some of the migrants are armed with guns. Guns? and Molotov cocktails, presumably to be used against U.S. Border Patrol or Army personnel. Another migrant confessed to a reporter that he had been convicted of attempted murder but hopes he can obtain a pardon in the United States. Of they'll never he can. know about it. They'll never know about it. That's what I'm just saying. It's it, This is a terrible, terrible situation and there's a lot of bleeding hearts that are out there. Some of you might be listening to me right now. How stupid do you have to become that you allow criminals to come into your country not knowing who they are? If that's the case, do you just let people walk down the street, knock on your door, and come into your home? Are you that dumb? I mean, that's what you're literally saying here. They're fleeing from, hey, in Honduras, the the uh, criminal or the rate of murders in Honduras is lower than what it is in Detroit, Michigan. <laughs> I'm just saying. Maybe the people in Detroit need to go to Honduras. It's crazy. It makes me mad. I'm beyond mad. I'm outraged. Yeah. And you know what? It's not we, – we can blame this on the Democrats all we want because no. that, that judge, that that district judge is actually U.S. District Judge John S. Tigar, T-I-G-A-R, probably pronouncing it wrong, but I just want everybody to know who he is because he's the one that's, that uh, stopped uh, President Trump's uh, changes to the asylum uh, program. But it is the spineless Republicans who did not step up to the plate and back the president on this. Mm, I mean, yeah. we're in control of our federal government. Yeah. And the fact that – you know, we didn't do anything to support the president in this. Um, it's our fault. Yeah, we're the one that keeps electing everybody, and that's why you said we have to be educated and we have to elect people that have a backbone and think with their own head. But, uh, but you know, the very liberals, the, the, very, the very people who support this, of course, it's fitting that this all came from a judge in California, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, the very people who support this are the same people who today are complaining in San Diego about all the needles, the feces, the trash on the streets in San Diego that children and families can't even walk on because it's a health crisis now mm-hmm. to walk in downtown San Diego. And they and their their solution is they don't want to talk about the reason for this is all the, the immigrants, the illegals who are there living in tents on the streets. They want to talk about the answer is more money. They're already spending $60 million to try to clean the streets every day. They've got employees out there washing the streets. But, it, yeah, but as soon as they clean it within an hour – 
it's the same thing. I'm talking about needles all over the thousands. Did you see the report on NBC? There's like 5,000 needles just the reporter and the photographer found. They just walked through four or five of the downtown streets, and they uh, labeled you know, Good, announced yes. the amount of feces they found, the amount of needles they found, hyperdermic needles, and trash. And the answer is we need more they money to clean this up. But nothing about we need to truth. deal with the illegals that are here and the, why they're here is because of their failed policies, their failed immigration policies, and their refusal to, refusal to support the president in, in his efforts to do something about the immigration problem in this country. There's something about California where people live in a fantasy world and they will not deal with the reality. That's just like all the fires in California right now. They've stopped. They passed a law against controlled burns to control the underbrushes and they told everybody to whatever to, to save, to save their acorns or nuts or whatever. They didn't need to have controlled burns to well, control the bushes. They got plenty of nuts in California. Yeah, they got a, few, a bunch of squirrels and nuts is what they have yeah. a, bunch of, a bunch of. But So then they have these wild, uncontrollable wildfires and people die and the state legislature passed the law against controlled burns. If they know what the problem is. The governor talk, was talking to the fire chief just a couple of months ago for, this, for the state and said that we're going to have to ramp up these controlled burns and you know and just kind of keep it hush hush we're gonna have to solve this problem but the problem is it came back to haunt them before they could solve the problem so every say governor moonbeam actually said they need to have controlled burns yes yes i can pull up the report to where he told the fire chief a moment of lucidity and could see clearly (laughs) what their their past policies have done yeah you know that's like bill clinton speaking the truth and they say hey somebody go find that guy and shut him up real quick because <laughs> he actually told the truth about something but just like you're you are validating what i'm already saying just like the state government of california is responsible for the fact that california now is a place where illegals want to go because they are a sanctuary state state sovereignty is is the last line of protection that we have to stop illegal immigrants from coming to our state. So I've been calling on our state government leadership to say, look, we're going to do everything possible to make sure that illegals in America say, you know what, I don't want to go to Arkansas. Arkansas. Look, we were talking about this, and and you're right. A couple of pieces of legislation came up a couple of years ago, Mm -hmm. shot down in flames. But I'm calling on Senator Gary Gary Stubblefield, who who came up with the legislation uh, to to prohibit sanctuary cities in Arkansas, and it was Representative Brant Smith. To, yeah, that came up with legislation for college camp. Yeah, so we, I'm calling on those guys to bring those back up again. We need to bring those back up, and and we need to talk about it again and do something. I agree. Yeah, they said that that was a bill in need of a problem. Mm-hmm. Proactive. I remember what the, the that's what the uh, that's what the establishment said that that was a bill without a problem. I remember the comment on yeah, that. Yeah, that's exactly what. Yeah, that's what they said. You, know what? That, what they you said? were there. You yeah. know. Well, it's just like the Sharia law you thing. But once again, no you've got to be proactive yeah. instead of reactive. It's, it's it's easier to stop things before they get started than to try yes, to deal with something is. once it's a problem. Now, who told us that, Dave? They were well, on Smith. our show. Brent Smith. Yeah. Said we that. had Representative Smith on several times while he was trying to get things through, one of them dealing with the, the campus at ASU. Mm-hmm. Right. So, that yeah, so – but – I was trying to remember who told us. They said, "Yeah, that bill to do with illegal immigrants in the college campuses was was a bill in search of a problem, and that's what that's exactly what the guy from ASU there. said. That's mm-hmm. what. The, so, uh, so now they, now, didn't, they didn't say that on my show because they would never come on my show and say that. But yeah, they told us that though, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Smith just told us what they had told him. 
I mean, just the yeah. way it is right now. Well, your right. problems come around now. Yeah, the best thing to do is wait till you have a big problem and then deal with it. Yeah, like the it. flu. Yeah. Wait until you get the flu to try to deal with it. Uh, that's yeah, exactly absolutely. right. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, i got to ask Jan, because she's she is the end-all, be-all, know-all about gun laws. And we, I want to talk to her about medical marijuana for a moment. Something I want to ask, because I've, I've heard about it. I want to see if what I heard was correct when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, so here is the big question that I uh, dangled in front of you all to make you come back to hear what Jan had to say. Uh, I have heard that they're moving towards for medicinal marijuana, Jan, that you would not be able to have uh, a gun. True, false. Well, it's not that they're moving toward it. That's that's a fact. Okay, it, it does it does strip you of your gun rights. Period. That's already that's. Uh, I, I'm a federal firearms licensee, which means you know I, people come to us when they want to buy guns or have guns transferred, and uh, yeah, that's one of the questions on on the questionnaire. Now they changed that. It's been added. 12A and I think it's 12A and 12B. Meaning what? Meaning that as soon as you try to buy a firearm, if you have a prescription for medical marijuana, as soon as you try to buy a firearm, uh, you're gonna, you're not gonna be able to. You're redlined. You're redlined. Yeah, okay. absolutely. All right. Which is why why some people who are intending to get that prescription are going ahead and buying as many guns as they can before they do it because they know once they do it, uh, they're not gonna be able to. They can't legally. Can't legally. Of course, in in Arkansas, you can buy guns from friends and relatives and all that, and there's no background check. There's no – but, of course, the Democrats are pushing to change that too. Yes, they are. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I just was wondering about that because I don't know. As we were talking about, you know, the president has has kind of floated the idea out there, uh, Paul, as you were asking about during the thing about – you know, moving marijuana on the list of drugs, right. getting it out of there, yeah, not not, in, not saying marijuana is like heroin. To, to make it illegal in the first place was, an, un, was an unconstitutional act. It was it was never within their authority. Well, but to, you know, the reason un, the reason illegal. marijuana was made illegal is because big pharma doesn't like it <laughs> because people who can use marijuana. In many have, cases, don't have to, don't have to get don't have addicted to, to the... opiates. Like you don't have to use hydrocodone, oxycontin, etc. And I, I know I, I can tell you about a marine who uh, who comes to my gun range. Is a friend of mine. He's in a wheelchair, and he is in so much pain. He has to have so many opiates a day just to get out of bed to to survive. But if he switches to medical marijuana so that he can come off of hydrocodone and oxycontin. Lose his gun he rights. will lose his gun rights, and this is a guy who is a very responsible citizen who absolutely needs to be able to defend himself. He's not the kind of guy who's going to abuse drugs, but I mean, look at the predicament he's in now. Well, and the, some of the, some of those hard narcotics are actually kind of dangerous from from an abuse standpoint. Well, yes, if you if you if you can be on oxycontin and hydrocodone why, and why still not? get have gun rights, but why you can't not? if you're on medical marijuana and you can't. Right. It's, uh, it's, but, but see, big pharma. Yeah. Big Pharma doesn't want that because they want people to keep taking these opiates. And Big Pharma controls the political, the politicians with their big donations and their lobbyists. And so that's the real reason. Once again, the bottom line to everything that doesn't make sense about our government it's, comes down to money. Maybe it's because we have the best government money can buy. That's why exactly. the best line in all the president's men is follow the money. Follow the money. <laughs> that's where that came from. Did you know yes. that? Follow yeah. The money. 
We use that all the time. Follow the money. Well, mm-hmm. it came from that movie, All the President's Men. You know, but, but it's, that's right. But, it's, that's for but once again, safety. the people in Arkansas were, were, mis, were, were ill-informed, and the people in Arkansas, when they voted for medical marijuana, they I think many of them didn't read past the first line. Of course not. And, yeah. and didn't understand that the, the corruption that would ensue and the way that it's set up lends itself to that, which is why it's been two years the, the people, and people still don't. The Don't people, have the people voted for a giant bureaucracy is what they voted for. And the state of Arkansas is, well, they're, they're delivering on the bureaucracy part. Yes. And and, yes. and they haven't yet delivered on the medical part. And Paul, you know about this. Oh, sure. We sat and oh, talked. Oh, yeah. We had uh, Doug, Representative um, House. House on talking about this all during the session sure. two years ago. By the way, we'll start covering the session on January 14th. And uh, we'll be there Monday through Thursday. And I'm sure Jan will be with us on Tuesdays. When I'm not, not up there raising cane and about we'll legislation. Go, go, go raise cane and then come back and sit with us. No, okay. I'm just saying. Right. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be following laws that are going on mm-hmm. and questioning right. people. That's right. what we do. Well, and that, and that was one of, the, one of the issues during the legislative session was they were, they were fighting with the system to try to figure out how, how, to, how to implement this bureaucracy. They were trying to stop it. By using the bureaucracy. Some, I think, maybe were. What it was, they were trying to protect their cronyism from common sense and and fair process. There is not a fair process. There is cronyism. Whenever they were measuring the people to decide who got the contracts, they didn't even use the same standard to measure everybody from. And there wasn't even a numerical order to rank people on. It It was... Common core math on <laughs> who you felt like would be the worst or who you didn't feel like would be the best. A very so, few, a small number of people in this state are, are going to become very wealthy right. off of medical marijuana once it actually takes uh, place. Uh, uh, unless maybe the, they actually get actual legalized marijuana. Yeah, if the federal government before, legalizes before it, they then, actually then all this get is this just, medical stuff right. and then those people don't get their monopoly. Right. Boy, well, that would be terrible. That would be terrible if we if we cut out monopolies. All right. When yeah. we come back, we got news coming up. When we come back, the Crime Prevention Research Center was talking about mass shootings over the last 68-year period and where most of them occurred at. I'll tell you about that. And, Jan, Jan, I want you to get all fired up because – I love it. When well, you why get am I fired. not fired? But up. I want I you. I'm ready for you to take <laughs> off today. I want you to. You've been. I have close. to meditate to stay been, calm I before know. I even come in you've here. You've been close. You've been close today. Talking about immigration. Wait till I tell you this one because it's like a no-brainer. It is a no-brainer what we're going to tell you when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick show. We got another 25 minutes with the power panel, but right now we got to pause for the news. Hey, don't forget about applied re, uh, research. They've got clinical research studies going on. If you want to be part of them, go to their website, arcarkansas.com, arcarkansas.com, and then talk to them uh, by going on the site, pulling down the little menus, looking at what it takes to qualify for these studies, and if you qualify, fill out the paperwork. Doesn't take but a few moments, and then they'll get a hold of you. And uh, you'll either be taking the medication or you'll be taking, you know, the the, the sugar pill or whatever. They're going to pay you for this, so you don't have to worry. This is the last step on whether they're going to put this uh, out on the, uh, the street, uh, over the counter, or not. Uh, diabetic studies, uh, asthma studies, low testosterone studies, overactive bladder, 
Uh, go check it out and see if you'd like to get involved. Again, it's ARCArkansas.com or call them 501-954-7822. All right, here is the factoid. Now, that's one that they brought us for the wonderful world of uh, USA Today, came up with the factoid. Uh, and uh, A.W.R. Hawkins, if you know him from uh, Breitbart, Findings from the Crime Prevention Research Center. Jan, their new study shows that 97.8% of mass shootings over a 68-year period occurred in... Gun-free zones. There you go, in gun-free zones. And they're not even... They they stopped in May of 2018 this year. They didn't include the November 7th uh, uh, borderline bar and grill. 12 killed there. Uh, the November 19th attack at Chicago Mercy Hospital where three were killed. None of that is included. Both of them, by the way, state-mandated gun-free zones. The the borderline uh, bar and grill, did you know there were four off-duty police officers there? Mm-hmm. None of them could have their guns. Right, <laughs> which validates what I've been saying all along. The last time I was on network TV, a few months back when I was on CNN, the anchor became so irritated with me that her. she finally said, so what is your solution? Yeah. What is your solution to mass shooting? And I said, I have, a, I have a solution. She said, well, what? What is it? And I said, the solution to ending mass shootings in America is to eliminate gun-free zones mm-hmm. because that's where they occur. And, and let me just say, the giant sucking sound they- <gasps> That you heard was uh, audible <laughs> for a long time. How, how do you stop bad people from killing other people? Allow good guys to have guns. That's, that's an easy thing. So look, the cool thing about about guns is it is it has allowed people who are weaker to be able to stop anybody who's got a, who's got breath in their body. You don't have to be a strong man anymore to stop other strong men. Dave, were these state mandated gun free zones? Did they break down the percentage on that, or just gun free no. zones in general? Okay, just gun free zones. Because in, in in the state of Arkansas, for example, a private business owner who has a sign on the door, it's not against who says you know firearms are limited here. It, it's not against the law, folks, for you to carry a gun in a private business that has a sign on the door. It's not against the law. It's against the business owner's policy. Okay? So if you get caught concealed carrying a gun in one of those places, the worst thing they can do is Make ask you, you to leave. leave. That's it. A lot of people don't know that. They So, so they're so, constantly so, getting in and out of their car throughout the day, leaving their gun in the car because you can't carry in this building, but putting it back on to go in this other building. And it's just it, – it becomes so, so, absurd. So breaking that rule, I guess, the, the – could potentially be charged with trespassing or something yeah, of that yes if you if you refuse so, Dan, to leave churches? then you can be charged with trespassing in the state of arkansas it's up to the church if a church says it's okay for you to bring firearms in in this facility then it's okay but most people i know especially the people that i train they carry anyway they just don't pay attention to the signs except for federal buildings of course and buildings that state buildings that it's prohibited statute prohibited the capital yeah i went into the uh, courthouse one time and i took my gun out and and, and put it in a safe place but i i left the holster on so whenever i walked through my holster <laughs> had some metal thing in it and it said the, it said this off. metal detector off and i said listen i'm gonna lift up my shirt there's not a gun here but mm-hmm. don't panic <laughs> you know what I, I had a guy once come to my range i thought this was interesting he had a, a prosthetic arm okay with a little hook on the end yeah. and he showed me he said when i go through metal detectors it, of course, my arm sets it off. Right. But he said what most people don't know, he, he pulled up his sleeve and he pulled off a Band-Aid and he had an actual 
small derringer inside his prosthetic yeah, arm. But he yeah. said nobody's ever caught him because he, can, no, nobody he can take his nobody's, arm off and say, See, this is what's causing it to go off, this metal hook on my hand. Nobody's going to make him take his arm off. Exactly. But, but, yeah. <laughs> but that's what it is. Because <laughs> the rest of him can get through, but it's when he brings his arm through. Right. So yeah. he's always armed. When you're talking about the gun-free zones, I just thought I would bring up, I bought the article real quick, if you don't mind, about, you know, uh, uh, London, oh, now, London. London now. The London mayor. Yeah, London now has a higher murder rate than New York. So the London London mayor has uh, called for sharper uh, knife control. So yeah, we have knife key. control. You know, the murderers have gone from guns to knives. Now, yeah. if they break down on knives, how many? How long do you think it'll be before? They're going to be bludgeoning people. Right, and the yeah, fact is coffee you, mugs. You, you, we'll you, have to have coffee mugs. You, you can't practically outlaw knives because people still have to cook. Unless they're going to outlaw Actually, cooking. when has practicality played right, any right, role right, right. in Never. any I understand, but the thing is, the, the left-wing people still like juicy steaks. I mean, they, they, no, they no, well, some no, of them do. No. They, they still like they food like that tofu. has to be That's okay. like in Australia. Even tofu it has got to be cut. point in Australia that gun control, gun control didn't, didn't work because, of course, the bad guys still have guns. But the good citizens started wearing bulletproof vests <laughs> to protect themselves from criminals who still had the guns. And so they made, they don't buy so they made it illegal for citizens to wear bulletproof vests. Unbelievable! You're kidding. No, I'm not kidding. Oh, I, yeah. Jan, you'll true. be aware of this. Remember the guy there's, that was over some... in London that the guys broke into his house mm-hmm. and had his wife tied up and were going to rape her, mm-hmm. and he had a shotgun. Right. And he was because he's a hunter, and he used right. his shotgun to protect himself and, and kill them. And right. he got thrown in jail for ten years. Same thing in Australia. You 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 are allowed to have a certain types of rifles, okay, or shotguns in your home. If you go through this several-year process and you have so many acres around your home and you have to agree that you're only going to use them on varmints, but if you use use it in self-defense in your own home to defend your life, you will be prosecuted. So, I'm just so saying, basically, you know, so basically, if you have to use it, you better shoot. Sh- hey, and by the sh- way, sh- Hillary Clinton said she yeah. likes the Australian method of gun control. Yeah, just want to remind everybody who loves Hillary, she says she likes that. Yeah. Well, you know, they passed the sharper knife control Did laws. They? So what yeah, is they, it? They, yeah, they've sat, they've they've passed them, and you know, uh, if you're caught carrying a knife longer than three inches, you will be punished up to four years in prison, prison, and an unlimited fine. But There's it's an unlimited, unlimited. Fine. Fine and, don't don't and be four years to be not talk to the Arkansas legislature <laughs> about unlimited All right, fines. I don't want to hear about unlimited mm-hmm. fines. But, but since they passed these sharper knife control laws, there were 15 murders in London in February after the law was passed, and there were 22 uh, knife murders in March, while New York City only had 14 in February and 21 in March. So they passed their new knife control laws, and they still have a higher murder failing. rate. Yeah, they still have a higher murder rate than New York. So yeah. Because bad guys pay attention to the laws. Of course yeah, they do. Sure. Bad guys who kill people and assault people and rape people, they, they pay attention to those laws, and well, they aren't going to carry knives I, anymore because think, the... The government says you can't. I think one of the things we need to also recognize is that, you know, uh, just these murder rate numbers, they're not the only numbers we should be looking at. We should be looking at the numbers of people that were killed by governments back during the last century. If we look at that. 170 million people have right. been annihilated okay. by their own governments after being disarmed. Right. And so, so the fact is that America. In the 20th century. That, that did not happen you, in America. Thank you, Lennon. That did not happen in America unless you, you unless you include abortion. Thank that you, did Hitler. not happen in America. The um, and so 
disarming people may or may not reduce local crime. May or may not. There, there's the, the statistics. No, but statistically, indi- it has always led to tyranny. And, and so, there, and, that, and that's and that's part of the problem is that you disarm the people. Then it makes it so easy for government to come murder people and and to take over. Yes, and government knows this, uh, and, 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 and which works. is why which is why gun control has never been about guns. It's always been about control. It's control. Always throughout yeah. history. But see, that's the scary thing because in America. Our kids are not being taught history. In, what in, in what should school. we expect from government schools? Government, it, it, we should only expect pretty much for government to actually teach what will make themselves more powerful. Right. What else should we expect? Which, which is why parents have got to get engaged in their government. Parents have got to get engaged with their schools and start paying attention to what their kids are being taught. They need to raise their own kids, for crying out loud. No, conservatives need to get involved in public education and make sure that the yes. curriculum that our kids are being taught is actually and, and, factual and, look, look and that at, they're being taught our history. Being, and if, if you're going to be a teacher in public schools, look at it as a missionary position. Look at look at it as, as a mission field. Don't look at it as, well, this is a nice career for me to go well, out. Well, it'll be a and, short career. It might be. Exactly. It'll be but, a but, real but short look career. at it from the Unless standpoint. Unless you teach in a private Christian school. Right. Exactly but, right. But, but from a public school standpoint, if you look at it as a mission rather than, well, this is a good career that I'm going to go and well, make money off the taxpayers, look at it as a mission to actually help children. So we all need to become public school teachers. Actually, I had a friend of mine. It was um, it was Whitney Davis. Actually, was suggesting that that I should maybe teach you a, should. Um, teach a, a class. Hey, I would love for my on, kid to um, be in your history class. <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah, um, but uh, a Dave Ramsey t- class at one of the um, public schools mm-hmm. that would actually be kind of fun. I'm, I'm not, it's just the, well, the Republican Party. One thing that we're falling down on. If you look at the Arkansas Republican platform, nothing against. I'm not trying to beat anybody up, but if you look at the Arkansas Republican platform, there is nothing in there about what should be taught in the schools as far as history, and that creation should be taught along beside evolution. So, something that I hope to do in the next few years, along with people in the Arkansas Republican platform, that there is an education part to it, but there. There's nothing in there about God, and there's nothing in there, there about was, creation. There was, but we removed it. The Republican and, uh, Party removed it in the last There's nothing in there about history. So right. it needs to say, at least in the Republican platform, that we want history taught in our schools and that we want creation taught along beside evolution I, is, so I, I, children can make their own choice. I actually disagree with that. See, I don't trust the government to teach history because you can't hardly teach history without kind of adding Paul, sometimes you have to, to do the best you can with what you got. I'm with you in an ideal world world but when you're not in an ideal world you try to make the best you well, can well i haven't with seen you at any got. statewide republican party meetings i've been there where are you <laughs> no i've we, been we at gotta, all of them uh, have you okay. yeah i'm a state committee man i've been to all the state committee meetings in uh well, I, in the last four years okay okay well yeah you were at the deal the other night because yeah so we i'm, on I'm the radio state committee me. man for we Lone Oak county and i've been at all okay. the state meetings i'll be at the one coming up okay i'll see you there so, so i'll see you there i've seen you. i've joined the tusk club well, I've not to- joined the Tusk Club out of protest of how some of the money is I know, being spent. I know, I know, I understand what you're saying. But I, I, I may rejoin it. Yeah, but, but you got to get in there and, and fight. See, you got to get in there yeah. and say, "Hey, guys, remember who we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to represent." You can't, you can't just bail. Yeah, well, when you don't hey, like I'm not the way sure things that's are. The group, yeah, I haven't mm-hmm. left the Republican Party, but uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't been participating in that particular group lately. All right, okay. break. We'll take a break. We'll be back. We'll finish it up for a Tuesday here on the Dave Ellswick Show. A uh, story just breaking, guys. Are you ready for this one? Ready. An alleged voter fraud scheme in which Skid Row homeless were being offered money and cigarettes 
in exchange for false and forged signatures on ballot petitions and registration documents has been covered in law uncovered in los angeles prosecutors announced today the los angeles county district attorney office says it is charging at this time nine people with felony counts related to the offenses which are said to have happened during the 2016 and again in the 2018 election cycles and we do not have you know an election problem in america no Uh, not not one in georgia we don't have one in florida we don't have one in los angeles we don't have one yeah, it's like how many ballots do you carry to the assisted living centers, and and who checks is who checks the box on them, and and who who signs it for them? I've always wondered about that. Yeah, eight counts for four people, and um, ages ranging from twenty eight to sixty two. Each could hold up, having to serve a maximum of five to six years in prison if convicted. We gotta yeah. fix this. Hope they weren't carrying a knife. We gotta fix this. We, we, you know, this kind of thing. This is what this is what disenfranchises voters. This is what makes people feel like your, their vote doesn't count. And once people really start believing that, they stop voting. And when people disengage totally from their government, then the corrupt take over. That's that's how that works. That leads to a fight. We don't want to get to that point. Well, hey. That is the way it works. What can I tell you? I've never complained about you know. I, did I tell you even in my county? Uh, last year, when I went to vote, uh, they said you you're not on you're not in the system. And I said, uh, "Well, really? I am. I voted in the primary for Trump. You know, in the Republican yeah. primary, I voted for for Donald Trump. And then, of course, when the the presidential election came around, I went in to vote, which was just a few months later. And they said you can't vote. Well, you're not in the system. I said, uh, "You know what? Tell you what." I suggest you find me because this is where I vote in the primary, and I am not leaving. I'm going to stand right here yeah. until you find me. I'm not leaving. And I'm going to put get the evil eye on you. They finally found me in the system. Amazing oh. how that works. But yeah. yeah, yes. All right. Hmm. Go- government officials that are having trouble with literacy, perhaps. Yeah, yeah well, I don't know what happened. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Public, did, did, public didn't service. It wasn't intentional. I think it was just right. for some reason they couldn't find me. Which you was had a public weird. service announcement. The FDA today said the public should not eat romaine lettuce as a result of a multi-state E. coli outbreak. Hmm. Thirty-two people have gotten sick. At least thirteen have been hospitalized as a result of the outbreak. Is believed to be connected to the romaine lettuce. And so far, 11 states have reported cases from the outbreak, the latest onset of which was on October 31st. So, interesting. might so, not want to eat romaine lettuce. So, some of those restaurants who are buying greens from my brother will probably not have to worry about that. You know what? The bottom line to that is just cook. Fix your own food. Actually, one of the, one of the these problems, we can wash actually, our believe food. it or not, one of the problems with some of these greens is you can't wash it off. It actually really? gets inside. Inside. It. So, so for, for my brother, my brother grows salad greens. He, he delivers mm-hmm. to several several different restaurant, restaurants around, and um, so it will draw it up to the roots. Wow! And so you can't wash it off, and so you have to be careful with what's in your flower what's or in, in, in your in what's your, in your, your water supply beds. when you right. water it. Right. So he's careful about that. You, wow! You, you have to be careful with that because you can actually draw. Some of these, um, like salmonella. Okay, so there you go. I'm not going to be able to do Dave's show next spring because I'm going to grow my own garden. I'm going to plant my own garden. And between working and growing my greens, I'm going to have to. I'll be too busy. Right. So so anyway, so my brother actually grows greens and he's been, he's, he's, buy it from his brother. Right. It's scary if you start thinking about everything that's in our food. 
I mean, seriously. Well, I just watch, yeah, you need to watch one thing. You need to watch the Poverty Incorporated, but you also need to watch Food Incorporated on on well, Netflix. And and how the federal government the, th- the the big problem is is uh, there's less people supplying the food. There's less people supplying beef. There's less people, you know, consolidation. So if there is a problem in one area, it covers 25% of the government because uh, somehow cronyism is kicked in. And, you know, our food supply is coming from a very narrow su- and that's, group that's, of suppliers. That's, that's part of the problem. Is your brother having any issues with dicamba? I don't know what that is. You don't know really? There's a dicambia. I don't remember how to say it, but anyway, the, it's it's a problem in Arkansas. And beekeepers, we need to talk it about that on the next show. Dicam- yeah. yeah, beekeepers have now they 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 notified me. They're doing a press conference. They are trying to do something to stop that because it is destroying organic gardens. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it is affecting the bee population, okay. and we all know what happens if we don't have bees. Right. So his, his product doesn't actually get to the stage where it needs pollination. So it's it's greens. He grows them from seeds, okay. and they, they grow up, and so they never actually flower. Yes, but bees are critical. They are to the, no, to, yeah. to, right. to civilization. Right. He's actually done some. He's actually grown some bees himself. Well, he said that we have lost seventy percent of the, the bee population in this state has is reducing dramatically, and because he's blaming it on that particular. Yeah, I, I'm not chemical that, in, uh, that next farmers Tuesday. are using. Okay, we'll talk about that. Yeah, will, you want me to contact him? Yeah. Really, I will. Yeah. I'll do that. See if he'll come in because yes. I've been hearing stuff about that. Yes, something that we need to talk about. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The other thing we need to talk about is, you know, Chile and other countries that send in their their uh, foods into the United States and maybe not watching over things as closely and as that, that can be a problem. Country, that our can, country, that yes. can be a problem. But one of the things is that. You know, like the like the salad greens issue. If you have giant corporations pro- pro- providing basically all of it to the to the entire country, mm-hmm. sometimes you get it contaminated, and, and you have to throw out just gazillions of pounds of it because you can't yeah. control it. As opposed to when we used to have a bunch of little suppliers, like with meat packers, then you know sometimes you'd have a problem at one of the small meat packers, and, it, and it's okay. You have to you fix maybe you isolate that one and fix the problem and, and be be done with it. But when you have gigantic meat packers, mm-hmm. then sometimes I tell you, you the other hurt thing, a lot of people. Gigantic meat packers. Just bring that up. One of the main problems with some of these family owned farms that would love to be able to sell beef to the public is. They can't find yeah the butcher shops but, are, are, the butcher get, shops are getting around scarce. Can do it. Speaking of family-owned farms, something else we need to talk about. I know we're running out of time today, but maybe next week. You know, C and H Hog uh, Farm just lost their their permission. I they, saw they'd that. applied for I a permit. That. So that the they, could, yeah, they lost it. But and once again, with absolutely no violation of any state pollution rules. Interesting. No violations found. And was this up there about the CNH hog farm was accused of, of polluting the Buffalo River, but there's right. never been any evidence of that, and they've allowed the state to come in and test and test and test to see if there's a, a leak in their holding ponds, to see if there's any. And there was there has never been not one violation, not one citation for violating any pollution mm-hmm. laws. But but because a lot of people don't like them, they're pig farmers, right? I'm just saying. That's right. So. Boy, that's a that's a whole other topic. Isn't I don't that have right, time to get RD? into it today, but hey, I, I am, I'm them. angry about that. Yeah. <laughs> I fought for them. I fought for them, and rightly and I'm so. I'm not through fighting yet. Rightly so. We're out of time, y'all. It's been a good day. All I have to say yeah. is, our state government should not be in the business of putting businesses out of business. We should be there if they have a problem polluting. We should be telling them what if you, what you're doing wrong. Here's how you fix it, and then let them okay, fix it. Okay, here's how I want to end. This. I'll start with Jan. Something mm-hmm. you're thankful for? God. 
All right, that's that's a good one. It's kind of hard to Paul. Fo- hard to follow that. I'm thankful for my family. <laughs> All right, and uh, Artie, I'll say our country and our veterans. Yeah, I'm thankful that I was born in the greatest country in the world. We're free because of the brave. I'll second that. I'm all about that. Yep. Say, by the way, mention that to everybody you have Thanksgiving with and see how they react. That's, a, that's, a, that's a good question. Yep. <laughs> happy, Thanksgiving, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. We're going to post a picture of a happy Thanksgiving picture that we'll get on. I'll send it to our uh, good friend Elizabeth about that. All right, got to take a break. We'll come back. And Kyle Reeves wants to be the mayor of Searcy. I want him to be the mayor of Searcy, too. We'll talk about it when we get back. Into the uh, 4 o'clock hour here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And instead of the power panel, I decided that it's going to bring on the guy I want to see be the next mayor of Searcy. And that is none other than Kyle Reeves. How's it going, Kyle? First of all, where are you at as far as this race goes? I'm doing. That's going good. Uh, we are getting together a bunch of volunteers to... Uh, go out and just hammer it out right after next weekend okay um, when is when's the final vote uh early voting starts next tuesday at the white county courthouse and then uh election day is a december 4th so okay. it's it's honest and now it's all about turnout yeah it is it's about getting people to show up get them to show up and to cast your ballots and cast it for the right guy which is you that's right the only republican. just to be honest yeah the yeah. only republican that's running well, it's it's kind of interesting. I'm running against, uh, and I said this from the beginning. I was running against four Democrats or three other Democrats, and uh, they all came out uh, this weekend and had a picture of them. You know, the the current mayor, uh, Mark Lane, who was a, claimed he was a Republican, uh, and J.R. Thomas, who is Republican, good guy, all came out and supported my opponent as a Democrat. You know, and so me against the world. Well, that's the way it's been for a long time, isn't it? It's okay. Is, you know what? I don't mind being the conservative in the room saying, hey, we need to address our drug problem. We need to lower our taxes uh, and we need to do something. You know, we can't just sit there and be the same old, same old because Cersei won't grow if we don't do something. All right. So let me just turn it over to you for a few moments and you talk about your platform and what it is that you're running on. Uh, what I'm running on is in the past several years, we've had special elections to raise taxes, uh, sales tax particularly. And right now we're on a temporary one-cent sales tax that was done on a special election. Uh, what I want to do as, as mayor is to stop that, to have no more special elections uh, to raise our sales tax. Unless, of course, there's a tornado comes through and we need to do some infrastructure. But in general, we don't need a one-cent sales tax on a special election. Uh, in fact, what they've been doing on this one-cent sales tax is they've been hiring people. They built a $5 million swimming pool, which has uh, obligated us to a half a million dollars a year into our budget. In fact, if we were to take away this one-cent sales tax right now, uh, our city would be running in a deficit, running in the hole, uh, bankrupt. And nobody seems to be talking about it. Nobody seems to care. And so what I want to do is over the next three or four years as this, next, as this tax expires is to get the city in a position to where we don't have to lay people off and we don't have to cut services. We want to be smarter with the way we do things. Uh, but the way we're going now, we're in big trouble. And they'll basically what they'll do is they'll come back and say, well, we got to have this tax or we're going to go under. Mm-hmm. So I want to avoid that. The other thing I want to do is address the drug problem. We have a big drug problem in Searcy, like we do all throughout Arkansas. And it's not just meth or marijuana. Uh, it's uh, prescription drugs. Uh, oh, yeah. Little, kids can get them right out of their family's uh, medicine cabinet. 
Correct. And so uh, what I plan to do is to reallocate some of the resources of the police department to focus just on that problem. Uh, we have never had a drug problem. Cersei's almost 25,000 people. Never have we had a drug, a drug dog. The city next to us, Kensett, a smaller city, 1,600. They've had a drug dog. Bald Knob has had two drug dogs. We just... We're, we're, it's, Cersei's kind of one of those little cities. It's a beautiful, quaint city. I mean, it's, it's a great place to live, great schools. But we sort of have blinders on, and we don't want to acknowledge we have some problems. And so if we don't address those problems and fix those problems, we're going to continue to lose our youth to this and our adults. All right. Have you, have you already sat down and talked to the police about it, what they're, what they're saying to you about it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The street police, the, the guys on the street are, um, are behind me. Uh, they have given me a lot of great ideas and things that need to be changed. The administration is not, of course, because basically when I uh, become mayor, I'm going to ask for the state police to come in and do an investigation on uh, – there was an evidence tampering that had gone on by a former police officer and uh, – because this former police officer happens to be the uh, son-in-law of the guy I'm running against, they basically swept it under the cover, under the blankets. They did their own investigation, and then they had one of their friends come in and do an, a, a overlook of the investigation, basically the fox watching the hen house. And so I have made it very clear to them that when I'm in there, day one, state police will be in there to uh, begin an investigation into evidence tampering, which affects people who have gotten convicted in the last year. Uh, drug cases that are currently before the court, uh, all of those will be affected because this one officer got in and got into the drugs and was taking the drugs. And there's video and pictures out there. Uh, the police department won't release it, but it's there, and the evidence is there. And so we need to do something. And the corruption, I mean, that's why the good old boy system is fighting me hard. They know that people will go to jail when I come in because I'm going to uncover it all, and we're going to do right. All right. You're going to do an audit of any type? Yeah. Well, I'll ask for the state to audit the books, too, because that's, <laughs> that needs to start off that way. I don't want to have one of their problems come up and bite me with it. But the as far as the evidence room, yeah, the state police needs to come in and audit it and overlook the investigation. And because there are missing drugs, they've acknowledged there's missing drugs, but they that's it. Nothing's you know, no crime. Now, if it was you and me, it would be a crime. You and I would be in jail already. Okay. All right, so what you need is for people to turn out at the polls and cast their vote for you. So, uh, I mean, how are you feeling about the people who support you? Because I know you got good support. You did well in the uh, preliminary. Yeah, uh, I've I've got actually overwhelming. Since the uh, election, um, I had 27%, a little over 27%. My opponent had 35%. And then the guy below me who was the other quote-unquote Republican really kind of split out my vote. I've had just amazing people, you know, people contacting me. I've, I don't know how many signs I've put out uh, that they've come and got. And so I, I think it's going to be a very close race. Uh, and typically in Searcy, uh, the mayor's races have gone within 10, 20 votes. And so I think this will be another one of those. So everybody has to understand that your vote counts. Big time. Your your vote really does count. And uh, uh, I think the, the, the way the city's going to go in the next eight years, 10 years, really is pivotal on this election because if you want the same good old boy system the way it is no growth no economy growing then you can vote for my opponent but if you want some change uh, i'm vote for me because i will change cersei for the good uh it, it's not going to be the same anymore now i've been talking about cersei for years and how you know it seemed like people put up roadblocks all the time to make 
your city vibrant? Well, I think it's protectionism of, uh, like, it's Middle Kingdom Syndrome. People want to protect their little area. And so, yeah, there's there are groups of people who don't want to see Searcy grow. Um, but there are groups that do. And we need jobs, and we need factory jobs. And, and quite honestly, um, you know, once I get the thing running, my goal is to have a great work, working relationship with ASA and the Economic Development Council. And wherever they go in the world to try to recruit somebody to come back to Arkansas, I'm going with them because I'm going to tell them how great Cersei is uh, because that's how we're going to get it. And otherwise, those jobs are going to come to Little Rock or North Little Rock or Marmel or Jacksonville. No, we need them to come to Cersei. Cersei is a great place. We have a great workforce. Our schools are amazing. It's a safe place. So we need the jobs, and I'm going to fight for them. So how about the people who are on the, the, uh, the board? You get along with those folks? What board? Do you have a city board? City council. City council? <laughs> uh, you know, Sorry. There, there are some, yeah, uh, that I've known for years, and then there, there are others that are uh, behind my opponent openly. So, And they're part of the old system. You know, they don't want, uh, they don't want change. You know, there's, and the average, well, let's say the makeup of the, the city council does not reflect the city. All right. We got phones. If you want to talk to Kyle, we'll give you the opportunity. 823-0965-823-0965. We'll take a break right now. Come back with him for more when we return here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Back. Uh, Kyle Reeves is here. He is running for mayor of Searcy. The uh, early voting for this part of the election, the runoff, starts Tuesday. Election day is the fourth december December 4th 4th. yeah okay Mm -hmm. so what a week later yeah okay so you got one week to one week to do it well thanksgiving got in the way you know so that's okay yeah so that's cool you want people to go vote on with a full stomach (laughs) (laughs) a a friend of mine said hey you know you to to, you know start giving out some turkeys (laughs) that'd be good (laughs) you can find a place that like, Sell them to you fairly cheaply. Yeah, here's your frozen turkey. Go vote for the right Kyle. That's right. <laughs> the Kyle with the R. Vote for Kyle Reeves, the guy with the R behind his name. Yes. <laughs> you fought for that, didn't you? I did. I did. I read the rules. I, and, uh, you know, I tried to do it eight years ago when I ran, and, and they were like, wouldn't let me even get out of the gate with it. This time around, I got it in there, and then when they tried to stop it, I just said, mm, go look at the rules and just kind of held my ground. And sure enough, you know, and then, and then the newspaper tried to make a deal out of it. And uh, they did an article and they came back and said, mm, actually, he obeyed the law. He, he was within his rights. So, yeah, go go figure. My, my Is opponent, that the best they got to throw at you? Oh, they've thrown all kinds of things at me and they'll and continue to. But, you know, I've had um, I've had the, <laughs> I've had the city go and harass people who had my sign in her yard. Uh, threatened to yeah yeah this one particular guy over on uh, on bb caps which is a main road through the middle of town uh it's a state road state highway all right and so there's a state right away and so his yard uh, up until the grass that was between the the road and where his yard was uh the city always mowed and so he mowed his part well i put my sign up on his part as soon as i did that the city quit mowing his lawn and or mowing that section of the lawn and then it grew up and so about a month later, they came and they put a notice on his door and said, if you don't mow this, we're going to send you a fine. And we're gonna, I don't own it. Yeah. And you're going to you're going to pay for it and uh, you'll pay the fine. Plus, you'll pay for us to mow it. And when he talked to the city, they're like, well, you know, you need to do that, you know, and whoever's doing it, you know, 
or you know he made the comment about you know you guys all have always mowed it and they go no that's your responsibility so he talked to his landlord and his landlord's like yeah so we love kyle but let's just take the sign down so we you know let's get the city off our back they took the sign down and within 24 hours the city came and mowed the lawn I'd put the sign back up then. Well, I, I you know, <laughs> that, that was just before uh, early voting started, and I went to them, and they're like, we just don't need the help, trouble with the city. And I said, look, you see firsthand what I have been dealing with of the, the swamp, the city swamp, uh, with the establishment, which has fought against me because I'm the outsider. I'm not, I'm not part of their good old boy system, and I just – I don't play. <laughs> you know, and so they uh, – They've done that, and there was another. There was other people. The same thing. They they went to him and said, "Well, your sign is in the city right away," <laughs> and everybody else's sign that was, "Yeah, where's the city right away?" And everybody else's sign along the road that left it alone, but mine had to be pulled. So you know, it's just that's just the games they like to play. Yeah, okay. You know, but they don't realize it's not going to help them win. Um, you know, it's just like stealing the signs. It's you know what they're stealing signs too, huh? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Every every it seems like every weekend they'll they'll go through and they'll clean a bunch of them out and. I'll go back and put them out again. So, hey. it's amazing. You know, it's amazing. God's in control. Yeah, I I understand that, but it just irritates me when I I see stuff like this. I was talking last hour uh, in Los Angeles. They just busted a ring where they were going to see you know the Skid Row people and paying them basically in booze and cigarettes to you know sign petitions and stuff yeah i a buddy of mine is isn't is um i'm not sure what he's a leader of the majority party or the something like that the new majority party in california and uh you know he'd taken it pretty hard because they worked hard for their candidates and just they, they took a beating in california so i'm i'm after we get off the air i'm going to call him and give him a hard time about that yeah in well in california it's amazing that uh orange county went entirely blue yeah that has been a, a, a Republican huge citadel for years and years and years, and all of a sudden, like that, well, flips. Well, it, 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 voter fraud is just is common still, even though we're doing it electronically. In, in Augusta, apparently, in um, what's that guy that ran the House seat over there um, in Woodruff County I don't and know. over in Search? Anyways, he uh, they mysteriously came up with a whole bunch of uh, absentee ballots for his opponent, which ended up not being enough. He still won it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a kind of the same deal. All of a sudden, hey, there's a warehouse full of ballots here, which I hope the state goes and looks at these things and, and starts prosecuting some people. Yeah, I would think so. Mark Martin would be very interested in that, and I know that John Thurston will really be interested in that kind of stuff. He yeah. is he he ran on you know purity in the uh, election system in Arkansas. Yeah. Well, you know, we have a really good one now in Searcy. Uh, the, the the people that run it are, are pretty fair and pretty honest, and and they, uh, you know, they've called me every time that someone's called them and did a complaint against me in the uh, election commission because I have the Republican symbol on my signs or you know the R all kinds of stuff, and they they you know spoke to me, told me what's going on, and said you know here's you know and fairly, and so I I don't have a problem with them. But the bottom line is, they can complain all they want; they can't stop you from putting your signs up. Nope. No, nope. well, they can steal them. Yeah. So. Okay. So, what is the what's the biggest issue? Do you think over there, other than you're the outsider, the biggest issue that's facing us? Yeah, our budget. Uh, really, uh, like I said before, if 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 that special election sales tax wasn't there right now, we'd be running in the negative because they are hiring people on this temporary tax. They're building things that require an ongoing 
maintenance costs, a half million dollars a year to the pool. Yeah, a pool. I mean. And so all these decisions they have made really are bankrupting us. And I think it's really kind of funny because I hear these comments on Facebook from those guys like, oh, Kyle's going to bankrupt us. Well, you know, it takes the city council and the city, the, the city is already bankrupt. If we don't go in there and fix this problem, we're bankrupt. Yeah. If they don't make that, uh, is there a sunset on that? There is a sunset on it, and that's the problem. When that sunset happens in four years, they're going to come back and say, oh, we got to have this. Yeah, how much money goes away? Do you know? Uh, I think it's... Three million, maybe three or six okay. million. I have to, I, I, don't, so that's a don't big chunk. Yeah, yeah. chunk of change that we're talking about. So what they've done is basically they've set up the city to face up to their spending, you know, without being a, a disciplined. They're spending on a credit card. Yeah, yeah, is what they're doing. That and, we'll still have the money. And what it is, it's really unfair to the city employees because uh, right now the rumors always go around. Oh, that I'm going to fire all the city employees, <laughs> like. Who would do that? Yeah, you know, who's going to run the city? Who's going to do the city? But the thing is, all of these guys, all the city employees are going to going to be faced when this tax expires. They're going to be up there going, um, you're going to lose your jobs unless we get another tax. And which means all of those people are going to go out and promote this tax. I mean, they got the built in constituency. And it's not really fair to the employees that they did this. Uh, but that's what they're doing. And so I have a plan to offset that. Um to be able to, and, and part of it is, the uh, White County did a uh, law enforcement tax. They tried several years to pass a jail tax that wouldn't pass, so they came back and said, "We're going to do a law enforcement tax um, to build the jail and then to go to White County law enforcement." Well, they did it on a special election. Only six thousand people voted, and it passed. That sounds familiar. Yeah, and it and it did not pass by a large margin. Um, and so, what happened is they paid for the jail tax, and then. The rest of the money went over to the sheriff's department. It didn't go to all these cities in White County, all the law enforcement in White County. It went to the sheriff's department. And then the quorum court took the money that the sheriff's department had, pulled it out, replaced it with tax money, and then used the other for roads. So really that law enforcement tax was a road tax because we still have the same number of deputies uh, that are patrolling the streets uh, of White County that we did 10 years ago. And so what I want to do is I want to go back with, I want to get the other cities together, and we're going to go back and say, okay, we're going to repeal and replace this law enforcement tax. All right, hold your thought, all right, because i got to get to the news. We'll come back, hear what his solution is when we return here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back. Kyle Reeves in the studio. Wants to be the mayor of Searcy. Let me just read what it says. No more sales tax and special elections. I'm all about that. Fighting the drug problem against raising taxes through special elections. Innovative solutions, supporter of the Second Amendment, supporter of life. We need new industry in Searcy, supporter of strong public safety, safe parks, and bike trails. Didn't say he wants to build them, just wants to make sure they're safe. That's right. That's right. We have a lot of parks, and our bike trails are, uh, they need to be lit, uh, and maybe cameras, I don't know. But they need to be safe. People need to feel safe going on them. So, what's your thoughts about Instead of raising you know, taxes, how do you see going out and raising the necessary funds that you need to be able to do a lot of the things that you want to do? Well, I think it's we do things differently. Uh, I think we need to reallocate. Like I said, I started to say earlier, uh, the special or the um, 
law enforcement tax for the county. Okay, you were explaining that. Yeah. What ha- what it is 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 that that's a half-cent sales tax across the board on everybody that the county government took and gave to the sheriff's department while scraping out their current budget and putting it into their roads and other projects. So really, it didn't end up being a law enforcement tax. Mm-hmm. It really ended up being a road tax. Uh, and, and, you know, and so I think we could go back arguably uh, with the other cities and we can go to the county and say, look, we want that. We want a part of that money, say 70 percent of that money to go into our own law enforcement on top of our own budgets. Um, and if they don't want to do it, then we take it back before the people. Because, right. because and, and that right there would alleviate uh, a lot of the city's budgets without having to raise taxes. Um, there are other things I want to do uh, that I don't really want to get into now on the radio, but that are ways to generate money without uh, raising taxes, without raising fees, but just being smarter the way we do things. Um, as far as dealing with like the drug problem and stuff, we have uh, several uh, positions that, that we could pull out of that are guys behind the desk, like two or three guys in support mm-hmm. um, that are certified police officers. Um, and we don't need that many in there. Could keep one of them there. We got an IT guy that's pretty sharp. Keep him in there. But the guys that are doing the buying the cars, uh, that could be a civilian job. Right. And put them on the street and basically uh, have a, a, a squad of maybe four guys that work flexible shifts that could do the human trafficking problem of with the truck stop or in some of the apartment problems or going into uh, sitting on in our neighborhoods where we have houses that are selling drugs uh, that patrol can't deal with. Uh, so, you know, basically we start dealing with our problems one at a time and actually putting an effort on it. And then um, as of right now, the city is about seven years behind on reporting their crime statistics to the federal government, which means we are missing out on millions of dollars in grant money uh, that could go to the city to provide us new cars, that could provide us drug dogs, uh, all kinds of uh, tools that we need and, and revenue coming in that would offset our budget, help our budget out where we wouldn't be in the hole but have actually a better law enforcement department. And so what I want to do is get – those stats caught up, put a priority on that, get those stats caught up so we can start getting a lot of that federal grant money. Um, it's been that way. The police chiefs have been doing that for a year. They've just been behind. And it's, again, I don't think they want to report the crimes that are going on in Cersei because they want to keep the, the illusion Yeah, that we're in this bubble. Uh, and the reality is we need to wake up and say, okay, we do have a great city. We do have a great schools. We do have a nice place. But we do have some problems, and we have to deal with those problems. Go to Walmart at the middle of the night, and you'll see those problems. You know, we have to deal with it. If we don't, we'll just be like any other city. We'll end up like Cabot. <laughs> watch just, it. I'm just messing. Yeah, watch it. Cabot's a big city, man. It's yeah, growing. it's getting bigger. It's and outgr- that's not a bad thing. No, it's outgrowing its infrastructure. It needs, yeah. it, it needs a hospital. Well, there is one being built. Is there? Yes, there is. See? It's right there at the second exit. To the left, you know where David's Burgers is, the mm-hmm. new one, right yeah. next to it. Good, good, good. Yeah. Not, not nothing against David's Burgers. I'm just saying that you're building so there they, next to they, it. They put a heart hospital next to David's yeah. Burgers. That's yeah, pretty question. cool. Question. Okay. Hey, anyway. I'm, I'm all right with that. Just roll me over there. Sure, you know. All right. So uh, you go back. You know, Kyle, we got a, a question for you on the phone. Let's go talk to uh, Carol. Carol wants to talk with you. You got your headphones on. Here we go. Hey, Carol, how are you? Good afternoon. I just wanted to ask the young man if he's <clears throat> familiar with CAFR, the CAFR, the Comprehensive Annual Financial Reports. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
um, each state uh, and city is incorporated, and they have this um, fund that's off. It's kind of separate from the rest of the books. Um, it's like in Arkansas, we had the GIF, you know, all these senators and all that were taking this money out and mm-hmm. helping one another with the General Improvement Fund. That's one of them. But all of those um, entities have these hidden funds. And remember back when Bill Clinton was governor, he had the ADFA. And remember, um, um, Mr. Nichols um, exposed the fact that he was taking money out for personal uses out of ADFA. Uh, the general, the the Arkansas Industrial Development Fund. Well, anyway, when they tell you they don't have any money, they do have money. And what we need is our auditors to go in and audit these books and expose the money that's there and that's been reinvested by the billions. And you can go on um, YouTube and uh, go to uh, CAFR, and there's a fellow on there named Jerry Day, who explains this all to you, and it is just criminal behavior all across this country. And by the way, do you know we don't pay our uh, legislator, uh, uh, like the um, French Hill and Tom Cotton, they're paid out of Washington. The District of Columbia pays them. The Arkansas taxpayers do not pay them. So they're not really uh, worried about our problems. That's why they like to get up there and stay. If we had a one-term deal, it would just it would it would cure a whole lot of problems. We've All right. So you're there. saying that you're saying that Kyle should look at what now again? C A F R. Just go Google that in, and then go down. There's one that the video on it uh, by a man named Jerry Day on Kaffer, and he explains that um, to if you have never heard of it. And the cities and the state all should be audited. And I'm going to tell you, it would open some eyes, and it probably would put some people in jail. All right, Carol. Yeah. Thank we, you. i got to move on. Thank you very much. But, uh, yeah, we appreciate you calling in. 8230965 is the local number here. There, There is things they have to look at in the budget. And I, one of the ideas I, I'd like to do is to have a um, purchasing officer for the city. Right now, each department does their own purchasing from their budgets, and we just had a, um, a IT director go to jail. Um, I guess the last year or early this year, because he was basically um, skimming some money. And over the, and in over the past years, we've had employees do that. I think if we put it all under one person, that we so we can keep that one person under the microscope to make sure that they're not skimming. Um, we can we could sort of keep track of those. Slush funds, because there are some slush funds. Every department has about a $5,000 office supply fund. It's a lot of paper and pencils. Yeah, it is a lot of paper the, and pencils. Uh, the city attorney has a $40,000 office fund that is not itemized, and, and you don't see exactly where all that money goes. Nobody's bringing in their receipts, huh? is that what you're saying? Well, he doesn't have to account for it. And but that's what I said. Nobody's bringing in their receipts, so what are they spending the money on? Correct. And so I, I think having one person in charge of purchasing for the city uh, like a lot of cities do, allows you to um, have somebody who's good at it, who can research and find the best pricing, but also uh, can buy bulk and can uh, eliminate uh, some of this good old boy stuff that's been going on. That's an interesting one. See, those are small things. Yeah. It's, but it's they add up in the big things. It's logistical operational stuff, which a lot of people don't understand when you get into the weeds with that kind of stuff. But it's stuff like that that over and over you just need to do to – Really, and you're protecting your your employees because 
uh, it's it's you know it's if tempting. Yeah, if you're sp- well, if you're spending the money on right things, maybe you've got more money to spend on people who work for the city. Correct. Yeah. All well, right, all right, what about uh, you know doing things uh, that in a different way using uh, technology? I mean, you're a technology whiz. Have you been thinking about that? I have. Uh, one of the things that the, the city up until about, I think, last month never had their own website. They had a, a company just kind of put one up with a bunch of advertising, but it really wasn't uh, beautiful. And it didn't really uh, show Cersei off as to how great it is. Yeah. Um, what I would like to do is I would like to um, have a, hire a public relations um employee someone someone's going to handle that and, right and uh, a couple of young kids that, that are great at it uh and video and basically i want to make a, a vibrant living website where not only will you be able to uh, find out all the information you need as a resident of the city uh, to find out when the meetings are when your garbage pickup is or what the services are available really to market to people around the world of how great this little community is that you want to bring your family here and move here, bring your business here. Uh, I think that's very important. The other is to make sure that we videotape every single public meeting, a commission meeting, committee meeting, council meeting, whatever budget meetings, they all Full transparency complete and putting those on the line for on demand as well as streaming to it, its own TV channel. We have a, a couple of cable access. We have a cable access channel available that we could get as well as uh, AT&T U-verse we could get on them. And basically uh, people can watch it on their phones or they can watch it on our TVs at home and be able to watch on demand. And so you're not going to miss out. And, and so these little deals that happen in these little committee meetings or commission meetings that nobody really knows about, everything's going to be public, completely public. And I, I think that's why they're fighting me so hard because they, you know, they don't want that. Um, the good old boy system doesn't want to yeah, be transparency exposed. is definitely the enemy of uh, the good old boy club. Yeah, well, yeah, it sort of destroys middle kingdom. I think if you shine a light on all the cockroaches, just run. Yeah, it typically happens. Turn on your light in the middle of the night if you got a roach problem. Yeah. And watch what happens. That's right. So get but, out of there. But communication is is key and very very important. And I so I think being able to communicate uh, through the website online, as well as the TV channel, because you can do a lot of educating on how to do recycling, <clears throat> which is something else we need to work on. Um, I'd like to add a, a Saturday recycling so people can bring their recycled goods. And it doesn't really matter if you live in the city or not, because the city uh, can actually sell the recycled goods, the paper and the glass and the metal. Uh, but on Saturdays, be able to come in and bring it in. That actually reduces the amount of waste going into the landfills uh, and is better for our environment. But yet, this it's sustainable. It doesn't make the city a lot of money, but it, it supports itself. It sustains itself. A little bit here, a little bit there adds up to a lot in the end. Watch the pennies. The dollars will be there. That's right. All right. Final break, and then we'll be back to finish it up. Our guest, Kyle Reeves, he wants to be the mayor of Searcy. He joins us today on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, so let's go back to the beginning of the hour, Kyle. Kyle Reeves is here. He wants to be the mayor of Searcy. And uh, I asked you to tell me a little bit about what you wanted to do, some of the problems that you were seeing, some of the good things that you saw that you might want to continue. Uh, Why don't you tell us about all that again for the people who are just getting in their cars and heading home from a hard day at work. <laughs> and to fight the 67 traffic on the way home. Yeah, just know that the big uh, problem right now there by 
Vandenberg is southbound and not northbound. Yeah. Thank typical, God for typical that. Typical construction traffic, though. Yeah. I'd hate to do that. Uh, the city of Searcy is a great city, uh, and I want to get in there, and, and I want to stop some of the things that have been going on, which have been uh, special election sales tax increases. Uh, right now we're in the middle of one, and in four years they're going to try to do it again. Uh, as mayor, I will, I will, I'm going to find a way to fix our budget in a way that we don't need to do that. Okay. Um, the other thing is, I want to really go after our drug problem, uh, which is the opiates, the prescription drugs, the marijuana, which will be legal apparently, and uh, the um, uh, meth. And so, uh, we've never really addressed those problems as a city. Well, we've done things, but we've never really just gone after it like. Hey, this is a war on drugs. Uh, we've never had a drug dog. Um, they've been afraid. The, the the city or the police chiefs in the past have just been afraid to have a drug dog. They're afraid it would bite somebody. Um, this is what the police officers. When's the last time people have heard of a drug dog biting people? Well, that's what the police officers have told me. Uh, the city next to us, Kinsett, which is about 1,600 people, they've had a drug dog. City of Bald Knob, uh, they've had two drug dogs. Um, and so... How many, how many biting incidents in those cities? Any? I don't know. Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Uh, but the reality is if you have drugs and you're resisting the police, the dog can bite you. I'm all right with that. Okay. I, I would be I don't as have a problem. Well. I don't have a problem with that. Sue me. Uh, so those are some of the things is getting our taxes under control, lowering our sales tax, because I really believe that if we want to see our economy grow and bring businesses in, uh, we've got to tackle those issues. Um I, I, you know, I'm a strong believer. That, you know, my opponent says that our sales taxes right now it's at 9.75. He thinks it should be up at around 11, like some of the other cities. Whoa! And uh, he, he said that in the in, in the debate. Uh, my thing is, if if you raise the taxes, what people will do is say, you know what, I'm not going to pay 11 cents. I'm going to go down to Cabot, where it's 8.75 or nine or whatever it is in Cabot, and they'll spend the money there, even though they'll spend more in gas getting there. It's the psychology. It's the principle. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is as the sales decrease, um, that means less revenue comes into the city than if they had a lower sales tax base. But the bigger problem is as revenue decreases, as sales decrease, jobs decrease. And so we begin to spiral, uh, and that's what I want to avoid. I want to make Cersei probably one of the lowest sales taxes in the state, in the state so we can draw in some of these uh, outlet malls. Uh, or we can draw in these factories. You know, we want to make make Cersei that the you know Cersei is located in the center of Arkansas. It's the heart of Arkansas, and so there's no reason why we can't just have some amazing factories come in because uh, we have great we have a great workforce and we and we draw from all around us. How about well, you've got sixty seven one sixty seven. Yeah. How about railroads and things? R- railroad that cuts right through uh, on the edge uh, over on Kensett side. Uh, so yeah, we have railroad there, which it, there's plenty of land there that could a uh, railroad yard could be put in there for auto manufacturing or, or something like that. But again, it's going to take a, somebody who's got a working relationship with the governor, uh, and who is a businessman who can go and speak the language with uh, companies out there to say, hey, this is why you want to be here. Uh, this is our infrastructure. These are our people. This is the culture of our people. And uh, you know, well, you've been you've been beaten. Uh, around the world and dealing with businesses i mean you've been doing that for years now yeah uh, actually this year alone i have circled the globe physically three times and uh, i will go again uh in december in fact well next week (laughs) it's kind of bad next week during early voting i've got to go to miami to build a station 
Uh, so I'll be gone for a few days, and then I'll, I'll be part of a team up there and come back, and then I'll go back overseas uh, uh, mid-December after the election, and then come back before Christmas. All right. That's just, uh, you know. We'll get it, sworn in. And get sworn in. You know, the thing is, you know, our, my son and I, he happens to be in the studio with us. Uh, we were talking uh, on the way down here, and, and he's wanting to join the Army. Yeah. And I told him, I said, buddy, you're going to start seeing the world like I see it where it's a really a small place because i mean there are several days when, when i would travel i'd i would go to church on sunday uh i would get out of church and i'd go down and get in the go get a little rock fly to houston and then fly over to europe you know and then get back by the following friday mm-hmm. you know and it was just like the world is a small place and with the internet it's, it's amazingly smaller yeah. yeah and and you know that's one of the things i want to do with cersei is to has to be one of the first gigabit cities in the state where explain that Real quick. I've, I've talked with some of the companies that are providers, and they're interested in providing fiber to the home. And what that means is we want to have gigabit uh, full duplex up and down uh, so that small businesses – I mean, that, small business is the heart of our economy. And so people could do these work-from-home businesses where they're competing globally with Silicon Valley or Hong Kong. It doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. Right. But living in a small community with great schools, great churches, um, a good – a safe community uh, – and so that's kind of that's kind of one of my business plans of of bringing Cersei into it. But you know, basically, we have to make Cersei attractive to businesses. Those are those innovative solutions that you talk about, right? And it's not just building a swimming pool because it seems like what we've done over the years is try to copy every other city around us instead of leading the other cities around us. I want to be a leader, not a follower. All right, Kyle Reeves, looking for your vote. He says uh, early voting happens begins on Tuesday. Election day is December 4th. He wants your vote. He's asking for it. And uh, you'll be going to the polls, so uh, offer it to him. Thank you. I think you could go a long way in doing that. Thanks so much, Kyle, for coming in. Thank you for coming in. You didn't say anything, but that's all right. Yeah, Christian's just kind of sitting over there trying to stay awake. Christian's going to be in the military in the very near future. You bet. All right. Let's take our break. We'll come back with more. I've got the Bible guys coming up, going to talk about... Hanukkah, it's just around the corner. Some days life feels perfect, other days it just ain't working. The good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and everything in between. Yo, it's crazy. Amazing, we can turn our heart through the words we say. Mountains crumble with every syllable. Hope can live or die. So speak life, speak life. All right, back into the studio, final hour of a Tuesday. That means, of course, that the Bible guys are here. And uh, we've got several questions that people have uh, uh, emailed to us. I had a lady who emailed us and said, I've sent a question three times and you guys haven't answered it, and it's in the Bible guys say MLR. I have not seen it. I apologize, and I definitely will see them if they, if they show up. So uh, try again. That's all I can say, and uh, we, we'll hope that it comes through or something's happening on your end. Is it is it .com? What is it? Yeah, it's .com. .com, yeah. okay. It's uh, BibleGuys at SalemLR.com. Okay. And that gets to us. So keep that in mind. All right, so Keith is going to start right off the bat. We're going to get to Hanukkah, all right? You didn't bring a menorah. How come? 
Was I supposed to? Is it my? Was I tasked to do that? You were going to bring a menorah. You, you actually volunteered for that last. Yeah, did I really? You did oh, well. <laughs> on the air. See, it's not just me. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, okay. We'll bring it next. When week. When does it start? On the second, I think. Yep. Isn't it? Two weeks. Okay, out. so we can make it next week. Next week yeah. we can set it up. And, I'm not yeah. saying that's your last opportunity before Hanukkah, <laughs> yeah. but that is your last. Well, I, need, I need somebody playing shortstop to back me up. Okay, so the first person is sent to something, Keith. How do you dispose of a Bible that is too worn out to be used or just not wanted anymore without showing disrespect for the Word of God? That's a good question. That's a good question. It's I never good thought question. about it. It's a good question. Um, and uh, we, I know, I don't know how these guys do it, but I, I take my lead from um, from the rabbis, and okay. uh, and so what I do, and my children and I, this is this is the this is the process that we go through as a family. Uh, if we have a Bible that's that's been ripped, or you know, if we have like a children's Bible that the kids have grown out of, and they're wanting something different, and right. and it's kind of worn out, uh, what you do is you bury it. Yep. You actually give it a burial. Really? Yeah. Yep. No, see, I learned something today. So the way we did it, and you guys can share about yours, but the way we would do it is we'd go out to the to the yard uh, somewhere. The children would choose a um, a spot that uh, that was nice or that they liked. Um, I would dig um, dig a hole, and then we would take the Bible. And then we would pass it around, and each one of us would read our favorite verse out of the Bible. And then when it's gone all the way around the circle, we would uh, uh, put it in the ground and, uh, and bury it. And then uh, thank the Lord for giving us uh, his word, and, um, and then we would commit the word into the, into the ground. And right. that's, that's, that's a very traditional Jewish way of doing it. And uh, I would – you know, when you, when you learn that – it's very hard to throw a Bible away. I don't know if you ever had one. It's yes. very hard. I've to never. Do it. Thrown, I, I can't remember if I've. I haven't. I mean, how do Bible. you do that? You know. So yeah, you guys. Uh, I only have a couple that I've used over the last twenty-one years since I've been saved. So mine are still on my shelf. Um, but that's where all of mine are. I do something similar with things that have the name of God, and I borrow that um, from Jewish tradition, which is anytime it says the sacred name, you'd have Ave. Yeah, or Yahweh, as people usually are used to hearing it. Um, and we don't uh, throw those um, pieces of paper away, and uh, some will bury them, and some will do a ceremonial burning, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. But. And for us, if it is still usable, if it's if it's just something a children's Bible that we've outgrown, we'll donate that. Well, there's That's true, yeah. there's way too much need in the world uh, for Bibles. We'll donate them if they're still usable. Uh, but yes, a, a Bible that is no longer usable for whatever reason, or even my tzitzit, uh, because the 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 knot pattern here spells out Yahweh as well. Uh, that that gets buried. We we don't. There's a handling that very respectfully because yeah. um, it might, is the word of God. You might need to. Explain what a tzitzit is. I might need to explain what a tzitzit is because yeah. I glossed right over that, didn't yeah. I? That is the tassels that are worn on the uh, corners of a square garment uh, per the law. Um, I do wear them um, because I believe that is an appropriate thing to do. And, of course, you'll see them on the corners of the prayer shawls, um, a talit more specifically. Um, and those are, uh, d- depending on where it comes from, those can be tied in different ways. But I, I tie mine, and they're they're tied in such a way that um, the knots represent the name of God. All right. With uh, with that said, uh, Keith goes on and says, also I wanted to get your opinion about the NLT. Now, he says it's called the New Literal Translation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have not been able to find that, by the way. says, I bought it several years ago, haven't done much with it because some of what I've read seems to miss the mark. 
but I wanted to just see if I was missing something about that version. Thanks. Yeah, I, neither, none of us had actually heard of that particular version. Well, I, I mean, may got spell checked from literal to living, or yeah, from living okay. to literal. I mean, yeah, maybe. Yeah, there's an analytical literal translation of the New Testament, but um, I don't know if that's what he's referring to. Uh, it's called Alt Three, um, but. Um, and that's a really hard um, question to answer when when I've never I've never seen any of these reviews or even read anything about it. Um, Bill, you, did you say that you had? I, I did not. It was actually uh, NLT. It was the Living Translation that's on right. here. Um, so I'm sorry, I, I can't answer yeah, that I question. Got yeah. nothing. Yeah, I mean there there are several references to literal translations and new whatevers, but nothing that is specifically a new literal translation. Now, so. if he's referring to the new the new living translation, um, then uh, once again, that's a paraphrase, um, and the word translation would be a little <laughs> tenuous to attach Generous, to that. Uh, yeah, so uh, so, um, but of course, we're speculating there because we're not really sure uh, what he actually meant by that. So, okay, sorry about that one. Maybe you could. Send another email and, and clarify what he meant, or give us a link or something that we could look at it. Well, I'm I'm sending him an answer. Boom, perfect, excellent. Sent to him right now. All Modern right, technology. Donna is in Little Rock. Very good. She's ready to talk to you guys. Hello, Donna. How are you? How are you? Good. Um, gosh, I can barely hear you guys. Tell me, um, tell me what happens during the thousand-year reign. I know we're going to reign with Jesus on the earth for a thousand years. What exactly are we going to be doing? And are we protected? And are we in like a gated city away from all the other people that didn't get saved? Can we be hurt? Okay, let me first explain. She's talking about R-E-I-N and not R-A-I-N. <laughs> uh, just make sure. Okay, so yeah. let's turn. I'm going to start with Scott. Do you want to listen in, or do you want to uh, just I'll hang up? I'll listen in. Okay. Yeah, we'll, Scott's we'll... my pastor, so. Oh, okay. Very cool. Oh, great, Donna. Uh, Thanks, uh, guys. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, well, Donna, make sure that um, that you come up to me and, and let me see your face. So I can. Uh, I have a lot of Donnas in the congregation, so I need to make sure I know who exactly this uh, this voice goes with. Um, th- this is a really big a uh, big question what are we going to be doing what is going to be happening and i have got 30 seconds no, I'm 30 just... seconds <laughs> sorry donna you will not be getting an answer today well it's kind of like this the the, the congregation asked me to teach um, the, the book of revelation on a sunday morning that's a 45 45 minute sermon to teach the book of revelation yeah. it, it didn't happen uh this, this it's a it's a big topic and there's a lot of eschatology as far as you know exactly what we believe about something like that and i don't know if we want to get into all those particular details but one thing i will say we will be doing in the millennial reign if we use those terminologies uh, one thing you're going to be doing is you're going to be celebrating sabbath mm-hmm. you're going to be celebrating new moon you're going to be celebrating uh, the feast of uh, sukkot or tabernacles uh we'll be thoroughly celebrating uh, the lifestyle that I think God has always intended for us to uh, to live. I think we'll be living a more authentic Christian lifestyle in the millennial kingdom or the millennial reign than what most churches are living uh, uh, right now. And um, and one thing we do know uh, from Zechariah, for example, he says that when the um, if people will not celebrate, for example, the Feast of Sukkot, then they'll be punished. Uh, I think some people do believe that the millennial reign is a utopia, 
but there's going to be punishments executed or given out during the millennial reign. So it may not be a utopia for everybody, um, and uh, but it, it will be the, the it will be for um, for others. So why don't you guys help me out here. I'm going to kind of. Um, well, you have to go with the word that Dave was correcting, which is the reign. We've been waiting for um, the coming kingdom, and the kingdom is going to be established. Um, we live and we try to build a kingdom now, but then that kingdom is going to be finally established and built and literally lived out for a thousand years. And there's going to be just living the perfect life the way it was originally designed. However, there's things that we just don't know about because there are going to be people. The book of Revelation seems to um, hint and part of Zechariah seems to hint about these other people that made it in. Um, these nations that survive the coming wars that are going to be going on in the Middle East and we don't know what that, how that's going to look for those who are not born again, but or get born again at the last, right at the last battle. Right. So we, it's really a difficult thing to say exactly because we're not given a lot of clarity outside of some of the things that Pastor Scott mentioned. There are there are lots of opinions, but they're just that. Um, biblically, we don't have uh, a great deal of detail about what's going to be going on there, and I think that's pretty intentional it's it's in it's it is our natural tendency to focus on the reward right uh and that is part of the reward for uh, the suffering that we do now uh however the bible was really given to us to get us through this period um when we get to the millennial reign we don't need the bible to explain to us what we're going to be doing there Christ because be messiah there is going it. to be standing there right. uh, the word is going to be standing there um guiding and directing so it's not that scripture is completely silent on the issue but there is not a lot of detail there now, right. let me take a break. Sure. Then we'll come back, pick this up some more. Uh, don't forget about uh, Arrow Plumbing, aeroplumbing.net. Have 100% uh, satisfaction guarantee. Every time they come to your house to fix whatever the problem is you need to be fixed, know that they're going to offer you some different ways to fix it. One might be good for 30 years, and one might be good for, you know, five years. One might be good for a couple of years. I mean, it depends on. You know what you want to do with the money that you got. If you're not 100% satisfied with the service they provide, they'll refund all of your money. It's one of the great things about Aero Plumbing and Earl and what he's done with this business. It's a fantastic thing that he's done. I know that I've used them. I've used them for the 15 years I've lived out in Cabot. I've talked about them on my show for over 18 years. Aeroplumbing.net. Aeroplumbing.net or just Google them at Aeroplumbing. All right, back with you. By the way, Keith called, and, and we're going to get back to Donna to your question, but it was the New Living Translation. So, you're, from what I got from Steve, he gave it two thumbs down. Billy gave it two thumbs down. And let me look over at Scott. He, he is the, the, the big kahuna here. So. Okay. The, whatever does that mean? What know. does a kahuna look like? It's, I don't know. Apparently, it looks like you. Uh, okay. Just like you. You got Fred Flintstone's hat on. Uh, yeah. Fred Flintstone. Did he wear a baseball cap? No, yes. no. He wore the uh, the lodge cap. Yeah. You know, oh, right. The, the horns, <laughs> yeah. you know? So, uh, wait. Did, did Dave just accuse you of having horns? Is uh, that what well, I heard? We can read a lot into that. I'm Uh-oh. not sure. Well, no, go ahead. No, uh, um, um, it is... Um, it's better than the living translation. Um, my wife, um, you, I say translation, paraphrase. It is uh, 
Yeah, I, I, if I'm going to stu- if I'm going to read something that I want to know that what I'm reading, I have a lot of confidence in. I wouldn't use any of the. Um, it, it's it's a good reference. I mean, you can look at it. You can you know you can look at the Amplified. You can look at the New Living. There there are some parts in the New Living that I like, especially when it deals with Jew and Gentile, which is really interesting, because the first my wife has the first edition, and the first edition when it deals with Jew and Gentile being brought together one in the Messiah, it is really clear and really good and interestingly enough when they came out with the second edition they took all that out and changed it around mm. and i thought somebody got to them because it was so clear mm. about the, the the joining of jew and gentile it was so clear when it came out with the second edition they 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 muddied it and clouded it all yeah. up so i so, have to ask the question why would it be changed yeah yeah well, I mean, it, unless you were just literally translating words why would it be changed? Yeah. That's why I like why I've always stuck with the. I've read the King, New King James since I got fa- saved. Uh, it's just like the King James, except for it's got rid of the thousand thus. Right, and it's just it says what it says. There's no adding to the words or anything. And if I ever want that, I just go and look up the Greek and the Hebrew to get yeah. the. Uh, now, I expansion. will say that I will say that occasionally when I'm being uh, more than a little Greek minded and I'm prepping a sermon, uh, I'm pulling. I'm pulling the same verse from lots of, and occasionally if the wording is just right and it makes my point, I know that's a little Greek minded, but uh, I will. That's I cannot, terrible. Hey, I cannot say that I have never quoted anything out of a sermon from NLT. I probably have at some point, uh, but it is not. I don't have one sitting on a shelf at the house. Yeah. It's, it's well, I've I've seen more and more use of the message. Uh, yeah. Churches now, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think most of us here, or I think all of us sitting here, would would really push people towards the older the translation, the better is going to be. Because back then, people had the fear of God. I mean, there yeah. was there was fear on them to change anything. Uh, they still took liberties, but but um, but nowadays, with with lack and lack and lack of fear of God, I think the the translations get they get more and more liberal and more and more. Uh, I use the new King King James. I think if you're going to That's what I do, do that, yeah, but but you're going to have to go to the originals to really make the best sense of it. But yeah. I would encourage everybody to do that again, uh, Keith. If you want to, if you want to use the new living as just a, uh, you know, to look and see how it communicates something. Uh, that's fine, but I would not use it to establish a, a new. If you're about mm-hmm. to launch out and do apply something in your life, um, I would go back to more of the uh, the older text. And and I have heard it said of all of the paraphrases that they sacrifice precision for readability. And and I would I would say that that is very accurate yeah, here as well. Because that's what it's supposed to be. Right, it's it, it is, you feel good about. You it's know, not easy. designed to go through here and go. This is precisely what this verse says. It's to give you, and it can do that sometimes. Give you a a nice general overview of what's attempting to be communicated. Assuming that they did a decent job uh, of of making that paraphrase, yeah, so. that's why I look it up myself. That's why I just stick with the older one and, and what I want to know. I just we'll go back it to up. the Hebrew. Okay. Right, that's what now I'm we're going to come back to Carol, but I do have another call. Okay, I'm going to okay. bring him on. Carol, stay with us. I promise. All right, and uh, it's uh, Sean. Sean, you want you have yes. a question about grace? Yes. Uh, the Bible guys had talked about grace uh, last week uh, as they finished up the program, and um, I don't think they had time to to dwell into it. Uh, I was asking what they had mentioned that a lot of people think grace covers all your sins um, once you've been saved, and um, what was your question? What's the difference between grace and favor? It, they mentioned unmerited favor. 
mm-hmm. and that that wasn't really necessarily true. Um, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to let you hang up, and you guys, you got a radio there, right? You're listening? Yeah. Okay. Keep right. listening, and they're going to talk about the differences. Go. Yeah, well, the word um, favor does come out of the, the, the word uh, charis, which is the Greek word um, for grace, um, but it also comes out of the Hebrew word chen, which is the, the Hebrew word for grace. Uh, and both of these words do mean uh, favor, uh, but they don't mean favor in the strongest sense. In other words, there's a lot of um, – you know when you look up a word in a dictionary, it will give you lots of synonyms or lots of uh, definitions. You know, It will give, give you like A, B, C, so forth. When you look at, at, at grace, it, um, it does mean favor, but it, it, it's not unmerited favor. There is, no, there is no definition in the Bible that says unmerited favor. So, for example, the Bible says this in Luke chapter two, verse forty. It said, referring to Jesus, and the referring to Jesus, it says, "And the child grew, and the grace of God was upon him." Well, if, the, if grace is unmerited favor, Jesus would not have grace because he merits everything. Right. So, unmerited favor is only given to people who who are who are in need of that. Or if it, if it was unmerited favor, it's only given to those who unmerited. But in actuality, grace is merited. Let me explain what I mean. Um, the Bible says this in the book of James. It says, "It says that God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble." So, gotta hold you. Okay, all right. Think it there. We'll come back. We'll talk about finish up on this. And Carol, we'll finish up with the one thousand year reign. That's all coming your way next. All right, we've got a couple of things to talk about: grace and favor, and then thousand year reign. So. With that in mind, let's go back to Scott because he was working on grace and favor. Yeah, and I'll I'll mention this really quick, and then I'll pass over to the guys. Um, we're only we're saved by by grace through faith, so you don't merit any grace. Um, but the fact that it's told to us as a definition is wrong. We don't merit anything. We don't merit salvation, but nobody ever talks about unmerited salvation. Right. We don't merit Holy Ghost, but nobody talks about unmerited Holy Ghost. We don't merit healing, but nobody talks about unmerited healing. But for some reason, we throw unmerited grace out there when that is not the definition in the Greek or in uh, the Hebrew. I mentioned quickly a verse of Scripture in the book of James. It says, he resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. This is actually a quote from the book of Proverbs, uh, Peter mentions this very same verse. But if you listen to it, he resists the proud. In other words, he doesn't give grace to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. What that implies is that grace is given to those who are more deserving of it. More, there's more favor in that. So in other words, uh, you want grace. What you need to do is walk out the life that God has for you. So grace is given to the humble. Grace is not given to the proud. So in a way, you could say there is a merit to grace. But grace is, as far as salvation grace, that is still you still merit grace in a way and I'm, I say that cautiously but what I mean by that is this you still have to use faith to appropriate the grace to be saved so there's still some action on your part in order to be saved but grace in and of itself is in fact unmerited like everything else but it's not the true definition of of the word uh, this past weekend um, Pastor Chris uh, Pastor Scott's assistant taught on Holiness, Ooh, and, yeah. and he used a scripture uh, that I liked very much, and this is from Titus 2, verse 11. It says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us. So what does the grace of God teach us, or what should it teach us? That we should deny ungodliness, worldly lust, that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. 
So the grace of God, as Pastor Scott was saying, is not just this unmerited, therefore go and you can't do anything. When you receive the grace of God through the blood of Christ, it should drive you to desire to forsake the things Absolutely. of the world and to right. live righteous and holiness. And I like to point out another one from Acts when Paul was having a discussion with Felix when he was on his way to his trials. And it says that he reasoned about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come. Paul was referencing righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come. So you may be saved and you may be getting in the kingdom, uh, but you're still going to have to answer for what you have chosen to get under control and how righteous you live. Okay, so Southern Baptists, here's what they'll say. You're saved, you're going to make it to heaven with the smell of sulfur on you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. That's exactly what they say. Mm-hmm. Right. I know that. I mean, I heard Europe, it in seminary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Second Corinthians says it this way, that all men's uh, eff- efforts will be tried by fire, and uh, the things that were done for God will endure, and the things that were not will be burnt up. Yeah. So there is a, a sense of that that I say it this way: He who gets into the kingdom with the smallest pile of ashes is the one that's actually done the best. And right. who wins? <laughs> right. and who wins? We're all going to have ashes. Right. And, yep. and I will say, um, Christ calls us all. Um, it is the will of God that no man should be lost. But we have to respond to that call. Mm-hmm. Christ is a gentleman. Um, he's not going to force himself on anyone. And we don't earn grace, but we do have to respond to the offer mm-hmm. of grace. Uh, we must we must make that step. Um, I, I don't believe in that. Do whatever you want to do because it's all predetermined. Sorry, that's that's not the tone and tenure of Scripture. Uh, Christ calls and we answer, uh, and then grace comes forth. Yeah. All right. We're good. You think we got grace and grace favor a, taken care a, of? It's a big topic, but it is right now. Yeah. Right now, okay. there's a lot of people. that. Let's yeah. go back to the thousand year reign. Okay. She asked an interesting question. Thousand year reign. She says, "Are we going to be like in a, in a fortified city or something, and the other people going to be outside of it, or or what?" Revelation well, twenty one twenty two kind of speaks about that, and it, it makes a reference to the dogs will be outside the city. Um, uh, one could argue that that because there is some first century reference to dealing with the Romans, that that's really what we're talking about is those who are um, Gentiles, non believing people. Is basically probably just a metaphoric way of saying you're not going to be bothered by the things that you used to be bothered by. Okay, all right. Yeah, and and there is um, because going back again to tabernacles, um, it mentions it says and that people will come, for the celebration of tabernacles, people will come from all over the world. Yep. It says they'll come even from Egypt. So it's not like we're all living in one spot. Right. Uh, the um, now those of us who are believers, we all may be living, you know. Or in and around the New Jerusalem, or in Israel itself, the Greater but, Israel. Yeah, but there's going to be other countries out there. Sure. They're going to be expected, even though they're not a part of this. They're going to be expected to come to Jerusalem. So, um, so I would say that it, the Bible does imply that um, in the in the Millennial Kingdom that uh, there will be a huge difference between us and the people who are born during that time mm-hmm. period. We're, we're, we're not going to have fleshly bodies as we have them now. Right. I mean, my goodness, we'll be living a thousand years. Uh, we'll have already have either died or been translated by the Lord. So um, I think there's a lot that we that we don't know. There is a lot of speculation here, but it seems to imply that, like Steve said, about inside or outside the gate. There's a verse of Scripture that says, uh, it says that, um, that blessed are those 
who who have faith in Jesus and keep the law of God who may be able to enter the city. So there are those who cannot enter the city. Uh, There may be Christians who believe in Jesus but have not kept uh, the words of the law, and so therefore they might be the ones living outside the city in the suburbs, and there are certain ones of us who actually be living in the city. There's a lot that we can uh, play with there, but we're not 100% sure exactly what uh, what that's all going to be. Anybody it, else? It's not going to be disappointing, right. I promise you. Yeah, yeah, well, that's for, what I'm, for, I'm thinking. For sure. No well, eye it, has seen, no ear has, has heard. heard. It's going into the to, heart of men. That's right. It's going to be magnificent. And you have to remember also that if we depending on how we translate this, but the Bible says during this millennial reign, uh, the devil will be thrown into a pit. So the enemy himself will not be out prowling around looking to uh, destroy and to maim and to deceive and to uh, confuse people. So it's going to be an extremely wonderful time. And you can ask yourself the question, okay, if 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 the enemy is not out doing that, why would anybody resist going to Jerusalem at the Feast of Tabernacles? Yet, obviously, that's going to... uh, Happen. We could ask the question, why would Adam and Eve have eaten right. the fruit? I'll right. tell you why. Because there's a lot of people right now that don't think that you need to go to Feast of Tabernacle. Rebellion. That's true. Yeah. You know? That's why the Bible says he's going to rule the Gentiles with a rod of iron. That's <laughs> <laughs> probably true. It does. It, I mean, it says that about. Says that, yeah. it, it says that about old graceful Jesus. Yeah. He's the one that says he's going to be ruling mm-hmm. the Gentiles with a rod of iron. All right, let's take a look at Sonny's Auto Salvage. We're going to take a final break here, and then we'll come back. Sonny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Let me just give my personal testimonial here. Uh, RD dropped off the keys to my car. Everything is very cool with my uh, transmission that they put into the uh, SUV. It's running fantastic. Did a great job. Gave me a three-year parts and labor, unlimited mileage warranty on it. No matter where it would break down at, if it's the transmission, uh, they're going to take care of it, make sure that it gets repaired. And they'll do that with just about anything that you need for your car, your truck, your SUV, whatever it is that you go and talk to RD and the good folks at Sunny's Auto Salvage about. Call them at 982-7451, 982-7451. I've used Sunny's for an engine two transmissions, and other things. They're patient relationships, and they've got six locations. If you count the Little Rock one, then there's North Little Rock, Bryant, Conway, Fort Smith, and Searcy, and the Tortons Orthotics and Prosthetics providing a lifetime of uh, support. All right, we've got about 12 minutes left here, guys. Let's go back, and one thing we were going to talk a little bit about today, and so we'll talk a little bit about it, Hanukkah is just around the corner. And for all of our Christian brothers and sisters that are listening right now, this is not Jewish Christmas, okay? I just want you to understand that it's not Jewish Christmas. It's something much more important. And I'll I'll turn to Scott and let him pick it up there. Okay. Um, Just to explain it, maybe most – I believe most people have probably heard of uh, Hanukkah uh, before, but maybe many people don't know what it actually is. So that might be a good place to start. well, first of all, it's pronounced Hanukkah, and um, oh, sorry, yeah, it's okay. Uh, we, we transliteration. We huh? typically get rid of the uh, the um, the ch or the ch sound, um, but anytime there's a ch sound in Hebrew, it has a ch sound. There's no ch in Hebrew, so it's not Chanaka. Just like it's like it's not <laughs> Christmas. So, uh, but the but the word itself uh, means dedication. 
And um, and this is what the story is about. It is about a dedication or a rededication uh, of um, of the second temple after it had been desecrated. I'm just going to mention something about Jesus, and then I'll pass it over to um, to Steve. But uh, the reason why it's important to us, because that's the next question. Well, why would, why should we even be talking about this? It's a Jewish thing. First of all, we we would expect Jesus to keep. All the feasts that are given to us in Leviticus 23. Now, let me just jump in. Jesus was a Jew. <laughs> You're not Go supposed ahead. to say that on the air. I know okay. I'm not, but I have to. We would expect Jesus as a, an obedient, Torah-observant, word-keeping man of God to keep the word. And Leviticus 23 gives us the seven feast of the Lord. And we would expect that. What we would not expect is him to do things that are ungodly, unholy, wrong, Outside the Word of God, an antithesis to the Word, we know he would never underscore or do anything in contra, uh, contra to the Word. But what we find happening in John's Gospel, chapter 10, is we see Jesus actually in Jerusalem at wintertime celebrating the Feast of Hanukkah. What's important about this is it's not required by Scripture. It's nowhere in the Tanakh, or which is the, all the Hebrew Scriptures. It's something that happened outside of the Bible in a time, what we call the, the silent years, during a time where there was no holy writing going on, yet Jesus willingly, out of his own will, decided to honor this feast with his presence. Therefore, it elevates this thing mm-hmm. to a level of importance because he's not doing this because he's just being keeping the word. This is beyond that. Yeah. It's, it's something extra. And so, therefore, if he did it, we should do it. Why? Because the Apostle Paul said this, Follow me as I follow Christ, be an imitator of the Lord. And so I'm going to throw it to Steve. Daniel 8 actually prophesies that this event was going to happen. So this is one of the many things, just like Daniel 9 prophesies that Jesus was going to come. And when you see these things, it's the fulfillment of prophecy. Uh, and there's a lot of debate on you know why it was celebrated for eight days, but uh, Pastor Scott and I have talked about this, and we believe that they were trying to replicate what was going on when the temple was dedicated, when the tabernacle was dedicated, it was de- dedicated during tabernacles. When uh, the temple was dedicated, it was temp- uh, dedicated during tabernacles. Um, and so we think that when they rededicated, fulfilling the promise of what was going to happen according to Daniel 8, that they were trying to you know replicate that dedication. But why did... Yeshua, why did Jesus go to this? Not just to be obedient to, you know, one of the things that happened during the silent years, but uh, Antiochus of Epiphanes, that name means God manifest. So what was Jesus doing? He was going to celebrate the time in which the Jewish people recaptured the temple, rededicated the temple, and he's basically standing there going – Hey, you're celebrating this t- period of time in which you conquered a man who thought he was God manifest. I wonder if there's somebody here who is actually God manifest. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he didn't say that, but that was obviously the implication with many of his words and many of his teachings. Right, and it is. Um, it's a bit of a shame that we have to teach about Hanukkah at this time because up until 1885. Um, you would have found Maccabees in your King James Bible. Um, this is something that has only recently uh, been removed from the Word for us. Now, uh, I don't think we would have called them inspired scripture, they're historical books, but we would have understood as 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 recently as 130, 40 years ago, we would have understood the importance of why that celebration exists because those books would have still been in your Bible at that time. 
which means Christians living in the 19th century would have had a, would have had an expression right. of their faith different than the expression that we have today in the 21st so century. So didn't a lot of people in the 19th century have menorahs at their homes? Uh I, I don't know. I don't uh, think they had a, a lot of celebration. Yeah, but one thing we have to remember that the you know we're coming up on celebrating Thanksgiving and yes, and and Thanksgiving most people will know. Obviously, the pilgrims came over and they had a festival to celebrate. And really, what they were doing is they're celebrating tabernacles, right? Because they and we typically think that pilgrims went from England to the to the New World, but they didn't. They went from England to Holland. Yeah. And they lived 10 with years. The Dutch. Yeah, they lived 10 years with the Dutch, but it wasn't just Dutch. They lived 10 years in the Jewish ghetto in Amsterdam for a decade. And then on the way to America, they took a vote. What language should we speak in this new world? Well, we're speaking English today, so obviously English won. But there were two languages up for vote. One was English and the other was Hebrew. Hebrew lost by one vote. Can you imagine, Dave, if Hebrew would have won? We would be speaking Hebrew right now. Imagine how you'd be reading your Bible, and how would that change the what expression of Christianity? Right. How would we be different as a as a people? Why are the vast majority of Jewish males circumcised? The British aren't. Mm-hmm. My son was born in Finland. I couldn't get him circumcised in Finland, Sweden, Switzerland, England. I couldn't get him circumcised anywhere in Europe. See, this is important to me because – it's a, a Christian thing that mm-hmm. people – and a Jewish thing, of right, course, right. Judeo-Christian thing, mm-hmm. I should say. And uh, people argue about this all the time now. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying if you're a believer and you have a child, they should be circumcised. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the part, No questions asked. This is what the Puritans understood. The Puritans saw a connection between us as believers and our Judaic root, so much so that they circumcised their children. The first seal of the United States – suggested was a picture of the sea splitting between the UK and the New World and you can see a pharaoh which was George King George on one side and you can see Moses on the other side splitting the Red Sea leading us free I mean they fully identified and so therefore they celebrated tabernacles and so the idea of celebrating Hanukkah would have been absolutely normal in fact Christmas was outlawed when America was founded Hanukkah was not so we were a very different people in our in our genesis, and I don't mean to dominate the conversation right now. That's all right. It's pretty cool what you're saying. No well, doubt. And the Pick first Thanksgiving was actually celebrated in September, which would coincide with Tabernacles, which we, these guys were very familiar with as soon as they got off the boat. And also the first Thanksgiving lasted for seven days, mm. and it was outside, and they invited the Indians, which all goes into the way that you do Tabernacle. I got to tell you, you I would the whole seven day thing. I can get into that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You I can could. do it every every uh, tabernacles. We we do it. We eat outside, barbecue every night, bring friends over, talk about the goodness of God, or thank thankful for who He is and for what He's done. Wave the blessing of the Lord before Him and wave offerings and thank Him for His blessing, His prosperity. Rejoice before Him. It's a it's a great so time. This is what is it, it. It still amazes me because. I, I still hear in churches when I go to them how this stuff gets blown off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, just gets blown off. Yeah. They don't do it. did it. And then right. they do a fall festival at their church. Right. Go, Why don't you just do what the Bible told you to do and quit, quit creating something different? Why don't you do the fall festival? That's How's right. that? <laughs> right. Yeah. So you, you had something. Yeah, Billy had something he wanted to say. I, I did. Oh, um, 
But you, I, I, I think the I think the thing I was going to say is that we have to understand that the nature of our faith has changed pretty dramatically on several occasions. Uh, One thirty five, um, three twenty five, uh, and and particularly in the last century and a half, um, we have by and large completely lost in the modern church the roots of what we were called to be, uh, who God designed us to be. And unless we look back, unless we are willing to examine truth, stop. And I'm going to be cautious in using the word doctrine here because that is part of what Scripture is for. But until we stop simply accepting every piece of doctrine that is handed to us and examine why and where that comes from, you are never going to have the relationship with God that you are supposed to have because you are not going to live the culture that he designed for you. You are not going to live by the calendar he designed for you. You are not going to live in the holiness that he has called you to. The the word is clear. Be holy for I am holy. And you don't by and large, most people don't even know what that means. They don't. They don't have a concept of what holiness is because we have abandoned yeah. all of that in favor of. Well, that's not what that means to me, or that's not how I feel about. But that. I'm saved. But I'm saved. Right. All right. But you might be least in the kingdom. We got. A, we got. A, we got a break here, and next week we'll talk about Hanukkah. There you go, Dave. I don't want to get into Hanukkah. China. There you go. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> We've got to get a break in. We'll be back with you next Tuesday. Hanukkah next week. Don't miss it. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.